Greetings and salutations, and welcome to Flintlocks and Fireballs, where a handful of man actors will attempt to survive the treacherous waters of Dungeons and Dragons. I am your host and dungeon master, Jason Phelps, and I am joined, as ever, by Robbie, the unrelenting stone. Bellicom. <laughs> Sam, the churning waves burns, and Ellie, the cleansing fire sparrow. I like mine the best. Mm. Yeah. yeah no we all won this week. Today, just to put you on edge. <laughs> so. Cleansing fire. <laughs> doing fire motions with my arms, listeners. You can't see <laughs> what I am. Are they fires, or are you doing a very slow impression of the wacky inflatable arm flailing? Yeah. <laughs> like, like a cheese string. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Aww. you might not have cheese strings in the US. Well, you might not have cheese. I mean, they probably do, but I don't know if they have the same mascot. <laughs> I don't know. Like, <laughs> it feels like a very American food, does cheese? It strings. does. Hmm, it does. From the company that brought. From the company? What? Uh, from do you have co- cheese strings? Tell us. Yes. Tweet us. From the country that brought us strange plastic wrapped cheese slices. And spray cheese. And spray cheese. Which is disturbing to me. Yeah. Shouldn't spray. No. No. Sounds like one of those things that started as a joke, but then got taken too seriously. Speaking of taking things too seriously, it's time (laughs) when we ask future us what messages from the present. Oh, Oh, no. It's been a long week. It's Future Jason with messages from the present. Listen up for a spot from our friends over at Chasm Quest during the break this episode. Sam is back in Witch again tomorrow afternoon, the 28th August at 2pm at the Boscastle Museum of Witchcraft and Magic. If you're in the Southwest and haven't already, check out this tale of 16th century guilt and suspicion against the backdrop of the witch trials of the time. Ellie is guesting on a panel at Podcast Maker Weekend on Saturday, 14th September. As you may have guessed from the name, Podcast Maker Weekend is a diverse series of podcasting workshops that run alongside the London Podcast Festival, focusing on the art, craft, tech, business and politics of podcasting. The weekend takes place at King's Place, a music and arts venue just across the street from King's Cross Station, London. Along with Maximilian John from Pax Fortuna and The Infinite Bad, Ellie will be hosting a panel on creating actual play podcasts, discussing how this got started, (laughs) and tips on starting your own. The panel runs between noon and 1pm at the Battle Bridge. No, no, sorry, apparently it's just the uh, Battle Bridge room. Okay, put down the dueling swords. And tickets will be £8.50 per person. You can book these online at podcastmakerweekend.com. And that's it for announcements this time. Back to you, Pastor Jason. What other foods would make poor sprays? Brisket? Jam. Bread. (laughs) Oh, bread Bread spray. spray. Just spray it straight onto a piece of ham. (laughs) I mean, I have basically butter spray. Spray butter is already a thing, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Mayonnaise. Oh, I can see a market for it. Fine coatings of mayonnaise to reduce the amount of mayonnaise you're having. Tea. That's that is actually just... a thing, and it's horrifying. Oh, oh God. no. <laughs> tea in a can is a thing. This way? And it's it's sad. It's very sad. Just get some tea bags. It's not hard. Mm. Yeah. Although in America, they don't have kettles. They're all insane over there. They make tea Some people taps. do. 
Some people do. I'm sorry, I love you all, American listeners. I'm just very tired and weird today. Me and Robbie were filming for 14 hours yesterday, so this episode might get a bit weird. (laughs) And Jason hasn't had a day off in years, Um, so... Mm. Sam's okay because one of us has to be. <laughs> yes, it, it's you know we, we can't have us all knackered at the same time. That would just be too much. Mm. <laughs> so, speaking of being knackered, yay! <laughs> uh, it's time to rejoin our exhausted heroes. Uh, by which I mean some of you are actually suffering exhaustion at about God. something like half two in the morning on the sixteenth of Vers Flores. In flintlocks and fireballs. Our land stands on the saber's edge. Our cities are a powder keg. Brother chains, brother, no one's free. A life on land is short, you'll see. So gather your muskets, gather your spears, we'll plunder the shores of Calcineer. No cracking storm or spell we fear, so come and sail with us, my dear. It is around about half two in the morning on the 16th of First Flurry. No, not First Flurries. First Flurries is winter. Or First Shoots. Uh, the first month of spring. I love that none of us corrected you on that. <laughs> no one noticed. <laughs> I was like, uh, for a second, just like, I, what, what, no, wait. No, I thought Intro. nothing of it. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, <clears throat> the party has travelled from uh, Kion via initial teleportation. Uh, just, you know, breaking physics as the world knows it. Uh, followed by a frantic two-and-a-half-day dash across the country, uh, covering, I think, over 200 miles in that time, thanks to the aid of magical horses, and uh, consequently making it through an active war zone in order to reach the city of Vondion. You have been... uh, The party's been tasked with... A sacred mission. Well, a secular mission. Uh, we have <laughs> some sacred parties, but nevertheless a very important one. To attempt to negotiate either a ceasefire or ideally a conciliation between the two halves of Sul, which have been split by the Sulian Civil War. As we join you, you have just arrived on the very edge of the hilly city of Vondion, capital of, uh, uh, capital of, well, the province of Vondion, within Vondion, seat of the Dukes de Vont, and uh, a very, well, a quite defensible city, built, as mentioned before, around a hill near the bend of the river Vond. You, however, are not near the castle, the city centre. You have teleported, again, in a uh, technique which has been completely unknown to this world, uh, onto the top of a warehouse, (laughs) uh, not too far from the edge of the lower city walls. 
In the distance, you can hear the uh, the faint of cannon fire from the front, still close enough to be audible even from the city. While down, while just over the walls, you can see the de defensive bastions that extend out from it, where restless troops of guards and established cannon emplacements await what may well be the arrival of National Guard forces. So, it is night. You are on a roof. Tides are still active. What would you like to do? Um, we are going right to bed soon, aren't we? I think we probably should. I'm fucked. Um, Is and there a place... Up... the fate of a country, so we should probably be in a good state, really, shouldn't we? Is there a place around here we can lay low? Well, we should get off this roof. Yeah. Yeah, eagles. <laughs> I'd know nothing about this place. Me neither. And we can't just rock up at a fucking inn, can we? Not this time of night. That'd be rather suspicious. Also, well, just in general, you, you depends know. Depends how many inns there are. If we pretend we were drinking somewhere else, now we're looking to sleep somewhere. Maybe. True. Is that safe? I mean, my worry is that... um. When I scried on Adrian, he was talking about um, targets being sighted who were doing an incursion, and I just wonder if that's a little bit us. Um, well, this might not be. But... This is a warehouse. It might have an empty room we can sleep in. That's not a bad idea, actually. I was going to yeah, say, if not that, somewhere. then maybe there's a green store around here or some or something like that. Yeah, or a stable or something. Yeah. Well, do. let's get down to the ground first. As long as we're definitely going to sleep, I can get us down. Yeah, I think we should. Right. Cool. I will cast fly at fifth level. Mm. And everyone can fly! Yay! Yay! <laughs> Hang on. You can't usually do all of us. It's a big one. Oh, fantastic. That could be really helpful. Thank I've got useful. nothing big left. Let's go and sleep. Mm. All right, let's find a place to sleep then. The three of you in your uh, in your uh, garb, but in your royalist guard uniforms, uh, um. gently step off the roof and touch down onto the ground below. It is Do late we at night. Want to change? We should change. <laughs> Yeah, do we stick out a bit in this? Uh, that is a good question. Give the me, give me a perception check. Okay. Everyone. Anyone who wants to. Uh, twelve. No, hang on. I think it's gone up. <laughs> yeah, thirteen. Sorry, I've weirdly not got used to adding one to everything yet. <laughs> Twenty-three. Twelve. Twenty-three. Okay. There are not many people around at this time of night. Uh, most people have retreated to bed, uh, or at least to wherever they can find. The, you, as a result, the streets are fairly pretty empty, but uh, your uniforms do match those of the soldiers 
on the uh, that were seen on the walls, on the bastions, and so on. So it does. It, it, you're at least not missing any, and you do. You do also notice uh, the that periodically there are small patrols of about. Uh, just about four soldiers at a time, usually carrying a lantern, uh, just maintaining uh, watches throughout the streets, just doing the night watch, going place to place, who again seem to be uh, garbed in uniform. It looks like, it looks for the most part as if the military has taken over policing duties within the city. Marshal you, Law. Hmm. You are in a... Looking around, it looks like you are in one of the poorer districts, as might well be expected, being near the edge of the city. In fact, uh, kind of sniffing the air, the prevailing wind in these parts moves in a sort of uh, southeasterly direction. You guys have emerged within the eastern part of the city, because of where you came in, and it makes sense that you might be in the poorer sections, because you can smell, although they're not active right now, the definite tangs of slaughterhouse, uh, offal, tanneries, and very much brick kilns. Mm. There's a strong smell of... Um, there's a strong smell of baked clay in the area around you. In fact, uh, looking around, you can see you're actually just on the edge of what seems to be a whole street and courtyard filled with various uh, brick kilns. With that 23, you can see that uh, despite, it, as well as the uh, occasional guards that go by, there are people in the kilns, or not in the kilns, that would be horrifying. I hope not. <laughs> <That'd> be awful. <laughs> I mean, you never know, but um, there are people around around the kilns, even at this time of night, uh, although they do not carry lanterns. A couple of half-orcs are quietly uh, leaning against a wall and keeping a wary eye on the premises. They seem to be, uh, judging from their clothes, just local brick workers. Although it is a little suspect that they're out at two th about half two in the morning. Mm. Hmm. Causing's the only one that's noticed that, isn't he? Causing's the only one that's noticed Right, it okay, well. what he'll say is, um... Maybe try in the opposite direction first. There's no reason why they, uh, that lot should be out this late. Hmm. You have a point, actually. Hmm. Gonna make Don't... sure no one steals the bricks. I mean, but, but yeah, at 2:30 in the morning, I don't usually yeah. think about bricks. There's theft, people personally. inside working. Well, the bricks are the the kilns aren't hot. Like there's no, there's no hmm. obvious, there's not obvious activity, but they do have the look of so two people. These are permanent watch. kilns rather than the more traditional kilns made of the bricks. What are baking? Uh so 
Okay, so I'm going to be very blunt here. I haven't done a lot of seven of late 18th century. Uh, <laughs> okay, I've um, done research. God, you're in Recently, I've done a lot of uh, early 19th, late 18th century bit brick making research. Okay. Um, because I'm trying to write a play. <laughs> okay. okay, I will. I, I'm really like. Okay, so. Uh, please confirm to me. Please tell us about the kilns. How the kilns should work. So the kilns I've been looking at, they, they they shape the bricks, they leave them out to dry a little bit, they build the brick kilns out of the bricks and then bake them. The inner bricks tend to be damaged because they get too hot, but the outer bricks are of good quality. Oh, okay. And then you deconstruct the whole thing. Huh. Nice. Those are the kilns I've been looking at. It might have been different to different places earlier on. We can also have fantasy kilns. That is yes. Allowed. <laughs> but the, I have a really clear picture the... in my head. Cause... Okay, so standing nearby, standing so near the uh, kilns, which are in varying states of disassembly, it looks like although it looks like uh, the work carried on quite late into the evening tonight and was forced to cut off by the arrival of sunset. So while there are a number of still intact, uh, of semi-intact kilns, uh, so while a number of the kilns made of the bricks that are being cooked have been disassembled... Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. I just have this image of Jason doing this like beautiful sketch and then Robbie just coming in with a rubber like, no, wrong kilns. <laughs> and sorry. then Jason just hastily like, child drawing what he thinks these kilns might look like and it's just really genius to me it's just a weird coincidence that i've been looking at it very recently so that's my all right clear. so <laughs> uh, having recently this is uh, uh, so yes the kil brick kilns in varying states of disassembly <laughs> many of the bricks are uh, assembled and stacked off to one side uh, some of which uh, seem to be, uh, seem to remain intact, uh, remaining intact despite uh, the late hour, perhaps intending to be disassembled early in the morning. It looks as if, for whatever reason, the brick makers in these in this section of the kilns felt the need to jog off work early. Now, there are a series of more permanent outhouses and so on within the brick yard. And it is around these outhouses uh, uh, and these smaller, more temporary, uh, temporary structures, uh, or indeed, actually, ironically, more permanent, despite not being made of brick, uh, structures, that the two half-orcs in question are busy keeping a watch. It's like that bit in the Stephen Colbert one shot where they're talking about stalagmites and stalactites and he's creating <laughs> Matt Mercer. This is exactly what just happened. Yeah. <laughs> are you uh, okay? I'm fine. I'm trying to see what you do. Okay. Uh, I uh, want to go to bed. Yeah, all right. This I is super like, suspicious. I don't like the look of them. Let's try down the uh, the other uh, end of the road first. I also, mean, I don't think it's a bad bet keeping these uniforms on. There are a lot of soldiers walking around anyway. Yeah, it'll uh, save any awkward questions. They're probably the only people who are likely not to be... Well, look odd out this time of night. Yeah. Alright. Uh, just give me a... 
I'm just going to say, yeah, give me an investigation check, please. I'm going to try and be stealthy because a child in a uniform is never going to look in place. Yeah, because you don't have your (laughs) beard on, do you? No, I've got my hood up, but... But you're definitely... I'm still... A small child in mm, yeah, a soldier's uniform. I might pop my boring cloak on and put the hood up if that's all right. I kind of assumed you had, based on the fact that you were wearing a, a, a dull uniform. But yes. Oh yeah, true. <laughs> yeah, just... okay, I mean, but I mean, you, mind you, you might not have had your cloak on. So yeah, you had your cloak. Cloak and, and gloves and cool. hiding. God, stealth. That's not very good. Oh, hang on. I've got a level of exhaustion. What do I have disadvantage on? Is it everything? Uh, ability checks. Okay, I've got I believe. Um, yep, that's a whole 12 on my investigation. Cool. Uh, I got a 15 on stealth, uh, I guess, investigate. Oh, I got a 19 on investigation, though. Okay. Working together, you fairly quickly managed to uh, peer through, trying to find anywhere with a indication of being a tavern or inn or similar. There's a moment where you almost uh, get spotted by one of the uh, patrols going by, but uh, Scamp, you kind of hang back a little bit and hold the others back. They walk on, and you find your way to a uh, to a, a kind of three-story-ish building in the uh, broadly around the kiln-type area. Uh, actually getting close towards the slaughterhouses. So it's not the it's not the freshest smelling place. Uh, but you do see there is a slightly faded uh, sign on the front depicting a uh, cheerful, red-cheeked halfling woman in a brightly coloured dress, apparently dancing on a grave. Huh. Uh, there's a tombstone behind and there is a light in the little uh, oil lantern over the door, uh, which seems to indicate that it is open. Okay. Uh, it's not, it looks to, that, um, it doesn't look necessarily in the best repair. In fact, uh, there are some points where the window shutters and the ground floor appear to have been smashed through at some point and uh, some slightly rough planking has been put onto them. Uh, to keep the wind out, but yeah, it does appear to be an inn. Mm. I'd like to peer through the windows and see who's inside. Any soldiers? Yeah. Any people? What are we looking at? Give me at? a perception check. Um, that is a seventeen. Okay. There is a bit of light coming from through the window shutters, but it's quite low. And you do actually peering through, you can see there are a handful, there are a number of uh, tables in there. And there's a fair bit of smoke, actually. Some people are quietly smoking pipes inside, uh, probably about a dozen in total, most of whom are gathered around two or three of the tables. And they um, they appear to be a mix, uh, I'd say of the dozen or so people I've said, eight of them seem to be maybe local uh, brick workers or slaughtermen or similar Uh, and the other and there is a small group of four slightly um, kind of off-duty looking soldiers in uniform 
who, uh, all of whom are quietly gambling, uh, playing with cards from the looks of it. You can see that there is another figure uh, busy cleaning a tankard by the bar. Uh, what appears to be a halfling woman. Uh, frankly, quite busty. Um, with red hair in ringlets. Sick with you and red haired barmaids. <laughs> it's just a thing. Is it called Molly? <laughs> uh, wearing a uh, slightly faded looking blue dress, although it's kind of hard to tell in the, uh, in the dim light, as there are only a couple of candles lit inside. Celestia, you've never seen one. But uh, assuming you describe what you see to Corzin. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Corzin, this has all the signs of a pub lock-in. Ah. <laughs> right. Um, sorry, this is going to perhaps sound a bit like a stupid question, but you have taverns in the Underdark, right? Legit, do we have taverns in the Underdark? I've never so, pictured them, but I don't know. Uh, so... Because mm, Corzin wouldn't know. Instead. I mean, you wouldn't. Like, you've wine never really needed to go to Wine bars sounds much more right. <laughs> uh, so it depends on your class levels. Basically... I bet, uh, frankly, I bet the slave towns have taverns. Uh, but I don't think I would have been to one. Yeah, you've never been to, like, a proper tavern. You're aware that there are, like, houses uh, that cater to drinks and food for visiting merchants. The dwarves have operate them. Or places where you can get, you know, the equivalent of coaching houses and stables for looking after your spiders. Mm-hmm. Um, but Fancy wine bars. And fancy wine bars. <laughs> um, but honestly, like, you barely stayed at them. When you've gone to visit, like, when you went to visit other houses, you just stayed in the guest rooms. <laughs> so I see it kind of goes quiet for a minute. And like squints, thinking. You know what? No. Not really. All right. Well, <laughs> too it's... boring for taverns. It's a, a common custom here that if ever there's a um, the threat of danger or um, the sometimes when the landlord just feels like it, they uh, do what they call a lock-in, where they uh, lock the door and everyone stays inside until. They unlock the door again. Usually... Are are you, like, not allowed to leave? Is it like a tiny prison? Sort of, but usually it's just an excuse to keep drinking. What, like, forever? Not forever, no, but... How long um, do they last? Like, days? Like, what are uh, we talking here? Is it like like a sentence? Like a lock-in I've not actually heard of one lasting longer than, like, the early hours of the morning, to be fair. Cause, and you're aware that, because of Molly, that most taverns are... licenses for serving alcohol tend to cut off a little after midnight. Yeah, like where, where we are now, most ti- most of the time, most places have laws that you can't serve alcohol after a certain time at night. This is very much after that time of night. Oh, right. So they're not really supposed to be drinking and stuff? Not, not strictly. They're not supposed to be serving. You can be drinking, I guess, but... An illicit drinking prison. Interesting. Yeah. Well, in any case, it probably means they're not going to want to be uh, attracting too much attention to themselves, whoever is here. So probably, maybe... and it's quite dark in there, which could be helpful for us. But I am worried if we go in on our uniforms, the soldiers will be like, "Oh, hello, where are you stationed?" And we'll be like, "Oh no, I'm not a soldier." <laughs> Do we recall, um, or is there actually anything on our uniforms that we've got to indicate which regiment or um, detachment we're with? 
Roll a history check because the regimental signature markings aren't always obvious on these sorts of things. Fair. Should I okay. be able to roll that because army training, or you is that a little bit far? certainly try, but the difficulty class is higher, higher for, for me. you. Higher for me, yeah. Right. If you'd rather I didn't, I don't yeah. mind. Might as well. It's not very good, so don't worry. Um, 16. Um, 16. 15. Okay. Uh, 16 and 15. Just thinking for a moment about this. Uh, all right. So there are a small, there are some small markings, uh, which do exist, uh, with a 15, Celestia, you're able to, you're able to find the markings, which mark you as being, uh, part ultimately of, ah, oh, shit, how does this go? Battalion regiment division okay i think you know that <laughs> yeah assuming i haven't got those the wrong way around yeah because it's battalion it goes uh core division battalion um sorry core division regiment battalion platoon squads all right yeah. fine uh so you are so yeah this this does mark uh, so you do see it find some markers uh, identifying you as belonging well it's the uh, uniforms that he provided you with so uh, okay uh, as the 13th Cavalry Adjutant's Corps mm -hmm. uh, so so, uh, so you would know that that means that uh, strictly speaking you're not members of the cavalry. Your of the thirteenth cavalry. Your uniform would look different. You are members of the support staff to the thirteenth cavalry regiment. Uh, so we're like the cooks and stuff. Yes, basically. Oh, fine. All right. Um, and uh, Celeste, uh, sorry, and Corzin with the sixteen. I'm going to say that's high enough that you actually know the thirteenth cavalry and the thirteenth cavalry uh, adjutant's uh, regimental nicknames. Um, right. So, yeah, so the 13th Cavalry are known uh, unofficially as the uh, Brandished Sabres. Okay. And the Adjutant's uh, Corps attached to it is, uh, part of the Adjutant's Corps that's attached to it, is unofficially known as the Brandished Spoons. Yeah. <laughs> okay, excellent. Now, I do have a small, little, tiny baby worry. Go on. Child in an army uniform. Real soldiers in the bar. Oh, yeah, no, I can't wear this. I don't think you should. <laughs> I think that would be bad. Um, I hate to say this, but you might attract the least attention as a dwarf. Random drunk dwarf walking in. But if you feel weird about it, fuck it. I do feel weird about it. All right, hood then. Yeah, well, that's been up all the time anyway. Yeah. No, if you hate the beard, fuck it, don't you? It's not worth it. All right, well, I think... We could be soldiers, though. Yeah. If all we do is uh, come in as if we've just come off duty looking for a place to crash, hopefully there'll be um, understanding and... Uh, if we grease the wheels with a bit of gold, I'm sure they won't ask too many questions. Hopefully. 
Okay. So, you're going to go in? Mm-hmm. I, I assume because it's a lock-in, we're going to have to knock. Okay. And do you knock at the door? Bit of a pause. You hear a voice call out from uh, the uh, from the doorway. We're close. We're looking for a room. We got off duty really late. Happy to pay extra. That seems to do the trick. (laughs) (laughs) There is a little (laughs) of bolts, and the door opens a crack, and you see the. Red-headed halfling woman peer up. All right, come in, come in. And she guides you in. The three of you uh, slip into the Merry Widow. uh, And let's see, for each of these. Does the woman on the sign resemble the woman behind the bar? Uh, no. Okay. Just checking. (laughs) Would have been great if it was. But, I love uh, the thought of having a picture of yourself dancing on a grave as your pub picture. That would be <laughs> so genius. Yeah. <laughs> I realise it was a halfling woman as well, but uh, no. Uh, so, no, she uh, she pulls you in and as you go and sort of, she cracks her knuckles together and then closes and locks the door behind you. Peers up between you. Alright. You want the drums? Yeah. How much are we looking at? Like I say, we don't mind paying extra. Kind of gives you a quick cursory glance, but seems more focused on the money. Um, mm, 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 mm. One of the three of you. I'll do. Yeah. Good, because it's what I've got. Uh, you said you pay extra. Three. Great. Shoulder out of hand. Three gold, is she saying? She said three. I'll give her three gold. Her eyes widen. She quietly clears her throat. And may I get you anything to drink? Maybe a little something to smoke? Uh, uh, why don't you uh, sit down? Hey, there's no rush. We should sleep. Thank we you. We should go to bed, but thank you very much. Okay. Oh, uh, of course, of course. Uh, please, uh, I'll show you up to your room. Is she going to rob us in her sleep? Good question. Roll an insight check if you want to know. <laughs> I, do, I do want to know. I think causing wood, you know. <laughs> it's a Let's 15. Okay. So, um, Scamp, you get the feeling that Celestia might have paid her just about 10 times the asking rate there. Uh, and the asking rate was already overcharging. I wanted her to shut up. <laughs> I might have made things worse. Uh, you have attracted it, and you do notice the. Um, Four soldiers. One one of the four soldiers has looked up and noticed your uh, uh, and marked your arrival. Although yeah. the uh, various tradesmen, after a brief I, cursory glance, the door are busy. I with. raise a hand and wave casually at one of the soldiers. Roll, uh, roll a deception check. Got disadvantage on everything. It's hard. Nope. <laughs> um, okay, that could be worse actually. That is... Oh god, where's deception? That's a 16. You seem to... The tiredness of your gesture seem, uh, kind of plays into what the role you're playing. And after a moment of peering 
are squinting for a moment. They return to their carts. They, uh, the woman in question quickly shows you uh, up uh, through the back and up a set of rickety stairs that creak the whole way through. Uh, up all the way to the third floor where she opens up a doorway to a quite a cramped room with uh, one bed uh, but there are some cushion uh, but there is a blanket that you can at least spread out on the floor a bit if you need to and goes uh, apologies it's uh, not much but uh, if there's anything I can sleep well <laughs> you're our guest you're most kind thank you okay in you go in you go she shuts the door behind you. Mm. I really thought the gold would shut her up rather than make things more difficult, but I think I might have mis misjudged that one. Sorry, a bit tired. <laughs> That's yeah, all right. Got, got us in the door, that's the main thing. Yeah, and yeah. hopefully this means that they're not going to ask questions until we're far away from here. Or they'll try and rob us in our sleep. So yeah, I'm going to put up the alarm. of questions. Yeah, do put up the alarm. Okay. Uh, let's take watches because I can't imagine sleeping without taking watches <laughs> <laughs> you, you should sleep first you look awful I do feel like shit no um, offence but I know you're tired you've used a lot of magic today as well so I don't mind go to sleep okay thank you so who's taking first watch scamp or cousin I wouldn't mind taking a watch next to scamp that's an out of character thing, but okay. Uh, yeah. uh, Corzin will will uh, take, take the first, first watch. watch. So I guess yeah, if I go after yeah. Scamp last. Okay. Yeah. Corzin, you sit up for the first watch. Roll a perception check. That is a fourteen. Okay. Uh, you keep an ear out. And periodically you peer through the window shutters as well. There are a couple of uh, troops of soldiers that come through every now and again. And fairly late into your watch, you actually see the uh, several of the um, what look like the tri uh, the the local ah um, oh, what's the word I'm looking for. Uh, artisans, tradesmen, there we go, uh, oh, yeah. stumble kind of sem somewhat drunkenly out and quietly begin shuffling home. Yeah. Beyond that, nothing else. Hmm. You hear some creaking at one point from the stairs, but then stops. Yeah. One of the advantages, presumably, of the stairs is we'd hear anyone coming up then. Hmm. Uh, but as your one watch comes to its end, you wake up Scamp and take a rest. Scamp, roll a perception check for me. Three! It's <laughs> a magic number. Oh, Scamp, fun. you actually start falling asleep on your watch. You're exhausted. Um, and you're kind of half dozing. Uh, enough that you don't really hear the sounds, but fortunately, that silver thread you put around your uh, the room immediately pings you to wakefulness as the door creaks open and you see uh, one of the soldiers that from before kind of look in, peer Hello. around. 
meets your eyes. Wrong room. room. Wrong room. Awkwardly closes the door. (laughs) Does this wake either of the other two of us up? Uh, uh, It can do if you wish. (laughs) I think Uh, it would wake Cause and I'm like, whoa. Wrong room. Closes the door. Yeah, I'll fucking well bet it was. What? What is happening? Wrong room, apparently. Oh, fuck off. (laughs) 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 Click of the uh, flintlock by his bedside. (laughs) You you settle back to sleep and, Scamp, you continue the rest of your watch. Until you watch until you go to wake up Celestia. Um, Hi. Hello. Quickly, just before you go to sleep. Uh, so not good at this I was a ship the other day and um, you were right about a lot of things and um, been thinking about it like you said realised what I could be doing better. How are you? Are you okay? Um, we sort of dug into your horrendous childhood the other day and neither of us have fucking checked on you. Um, not great, but not thinking about it. Okay. Um, if you don't want to talk about it, that's also okay, but I just realised that neither of us had checked. And that was a bit shit. And we should have done. Maybe. And, you know, I made a big song and dance the other day about my shit and didn't check on you with yours, and I'm sorry, and if you want to talk about it, we're here. Wasn't anything I wasn't expecting. Mm Mm-hmm. We didn't go into the stuff I really, really don't want to think about. So, I'm alright, I think. Okay. Just aware that um, there's been a lot of time where we've been sat on horses for hours with nothing to do but think. It's not good, is it? No. We're not good at thinking. No. It's not good. Um, I don't like thinking that I died. Or that I'm not... That this isn't mine. Any of this. and I've stolen it from an actual dead child. That's... If that happened, you didn't steal it. I did. I might not have meant to, but I did it. This might sound a bit savage. If a child was strangled... They were strangled. They were dead. You might have scavenged. I don't think you stole. That child was gone anyway. Not by your hand, by somebody else's. But we know we can can bring people back. We know that's a thing. Not like that, I don't think. That child was dead a long time ago. I think there are ways. I'm sure there are. 
What would you be bringing back? You'd be bringing back somebody that was a few days old into a, you know, you know, teenage body. That's, I wouldn't want that. No. And also, not to mention that, um, the fact that we're even having this conversation, it, it scares me. I don't like that you're thinking like this. Just feels like maybe I've done a terrible thing and I am a monster after all. I don't think... I don't think it's like that. If you didn't have a choice in the matter. Hey, maybe I just came back from the dead. That's also an option. Yeah. That'd just be kind of cool. Still doesn't mean no one stopped it. That's the bit I really don't like. How do you mean? Well, I was a baby. It was meant to be someone that stops bad stuff happening to you when you're a baby. But I was strangled and no one stopped it. I'm sorry. I kind of had hoped that even if even if the, whoever, even if this monster who's gone around making skin into maps is, is my parent, I hope they'd cared. Yeah. Even just at the beginning, I'd hope someone had cared. But they let me be murdered there's no other way of putting it is there it's fucking steaming pile of shit whichever you look whichever way you look at it really isn't it if it um i don't know if it helps we can't change the fact that there was no one there then but we're here now we care. I know it doesn't fix the old stuff, but maybe we can help things be different now. Yeah. It does help. But I also understand that that's not something you get back. And, um,. I understand that that's hard. I wish I knew who that girl was, though. The one yeah. who did... And where she went. I mean... I've got an eye of the storm. I feel like I'm not going to like the answer. Well... Because I don't remember her at all. Yeah. If, um, if you ever do want to know, the offer's there. No rush, no pressure. Thank you. But it's something you can have if that would help. Maybe one day. 
yeah. If and when you're ready, you know. Same yeah. with all of this. If there's ever anything you want me to ask, I'll always do it. Oof. But as I say, zero pressure. Sometimes now is hard enough. Yeah. People are shits, aren't they, sometimes? I'm sorry everyone was so horrible to you. Not everyone was. Yeah. She did look nice. Maybe one day. Yeah. I sort of feel like I should hug you <laughs> with that. That would be, be a thing nice. you'd want. That would Come be here. Lovely. I just sort of wrap them up. <laughs> oh, darling, I'm sorry. It's okay. If you um, if you ever need to talk, I know. Okay. Now, I believe if you're ready to sleep, if you need to talk more, that's fine too. Oh, I need so much sleep. I believe I owe you a song. Ha. <laughs> yeah. Sure like one. Okay. Yes, let's wake up Colin. <laughs> I'll do it quietly. He sleeps like a person. No, let's dead wake person. up. Oh, no, we shouldn't. That's me. <laughs> um, what earth do I sing? I do a very quiet rendition of How to Shed Tears. Oof. Okay. And, uh... Scamp, you feel yourself lulled gently into sleep. Celestia kind of sets carefully set Scamp down to get some rest and roll me a perception check for your watch please uh, 18 no 19 19 no 18, 18. <laughs> I'm so sorry it's Phil on space, guys <laughs> maths is hard <laughs> so okay 18 Doing a face, guys. Oh, I don't like it. <laughs> so, you guys have arrived late at night, and it's actually by the time you're doing the switchover, it's only about. It's pretty. Although so the sun rises quite, quite. Um, it's like it rises around half six ish at this point. The switchover between the pair of you is probably around quarter to six. Just because of the way the strap uh, things are doing, you guys are having to will probably sleep in a fair bit. So it's only for a moment, and it's mostly because of your um, your keen drow eyesight in the dark. But about, but just as you take over your watch. You're watching, you're kind of listening out, but you're also watching the streets. 
and you see a couple of figures moving quickly and purposefully, with very little sound, down the streets towards the brick kilns. Mm-hmm. One of them is completely is cowled in what looks like a very high quality uh, dark green uh, uh, cloak with some uh, sort of yellowish highlight. Maybe or maybe umber sort of coloured highlights around the cuffs and hood. You don't really catch much sight of them. But you do spot the uh, you do spot the curiously familiar uh, sight of a dress that you've seen before of someone. Uh, and some surprisingly familiar uh, there we go, some surprisingly familiar blonde hair, just a flash of uh, blue eyes and striding down the green dress with petticoat to make up, you recognise just over a moment around the corner Veldrina uh, the sculptor's right hand and they pass quickly beyond your sight towards the brickworks I don't wake people up for that hmm? until in the morning Pe- I don't want people to wake up yeah. with a level of exhaustion and then we have to do stuff like yeah. just you ha- by the time you guys get up uh, it's about 10 in the morning you sleep late, you have to but uh, even with your watch and kind of a, a grogginess, you do eventually all come to and prepare to plan your day. Uh, now, weird this... thing. I saw Veldrina of the what? sculpture. Hmm. Going what towards the big kilns. Don't know. Oh, well, that did look criminal gangy, didn't it? It did. It could be some of the Fisher Kings. Which might be useful. We that need a way be, in. Yeah, that could be really useful. Or, I mean, they could at least tell us where stuff is happening. Yeah. Might give mm. us information. We've now got, what, two tokens from Fisher Kings? That's true. How many do we need to collect to get a prize? <laughs> <laughs> Not sure that's quite how it I works, mean, Scamp, but nice thought. I think once you have a pair, you should win something. Just saying. <laughs> two of a kind and that, you know. <laughs> it's in games, isn't it? I didn't play a lot of games as a child. I don't know. <laughs> I didn't really play ones that involve cards, so I don't know. <laughs> I think usually it's more uh, like a full house. You get a full set. Yeah, you you're win something. Fun, are you? <laughs> <laughs> well, two's still better than none. Well, thank you in for that vote of confidence. <laughs> right. Where are our prizes, Scamp? <laughs> oh, prize. well, prizes! When we're next in a town where we can go shopping without being shot, I'll get you a prize. <laughs> okay. That seems like a reasonable <laughs> I will, thing. I will take that challenge. <laughs> <laughs> right down in my player note, but get Scamp a prize. Let's see if I remember <laughs> what that means in like six episodes time. <laughs> okay. So... What do you... It's ten in the morning. What are your plans? As a thought, shall we change out of our uniforms and go and see the Fish Kings? Yeah. That might be a good idea. 
Also, yeah. just a good idea to get the lay of the land here. I don't think any of us have been here before, so let's try and find a way around. I'm going to um, cast Mage Armor now. I might wear something a bit boring. I don't think you can manage that. No, but I... I <laughs> shut up. I just feel like if they have a description of me, it's going to be all big hair and flashy stuff, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Celestia, do you, in fact, own any boring... I've got drow stuff. True. Law. <laughs> it's not boring, but it is... Not your usual fare. Mm. I don't know, maybe I'll just wear my normal stuff with a cloak over it. Because actually if Adrian's around, he'll definitely recognise me in the drow stuff, so we're sort of in a bit of a tight corner here, clothing-wise. We could go clothes shopping and just ignore the war. (laughs) (laughs) I would like a whole new wardrobe. Fuck the country. We can ignore the war, but I don't know that the war is going to ignore us. Not the war, the wardrobe. Is what we're supposed to go with. <laughs> we, we misinterpreted oh. what they asked of us, and we're going to causing bridges the bridge of his nose. <laughs> um. See, it's ten in the morning. I'm already fucking hilarious. <laughs> yes, of course you are. Now, shall we get going? Yes, we probably should. Um, I'm going to put on my normal clothes with a boring cloak over it. Fuck it. Okay. <laughs> Uh, and gloves. Right. So, put normal clothes and boring cloak over it. Okay, acknowledged. Uh, scamp. Uh, yeah. So, normal clothes <laughs> with hood, I'm assuming, but no oh, beard. Oh, yes. And uh, causing just causing clothes. Yeah. Basically, back in your sailor's garb. Yeah. All right. So, the three of you make your way down. Uh, the. Uh, the halfling uh, is already up, and uh, is you can smell the uh, the smells of uh, what smells like a kind of thin porridge, <laughs> actually. Uh, and she looks up and goes like, "Ah, ah, my favorite guests. Uh, would you care for uh, something to eat?" Uh, Do you want to get breakfast here? Well, I wouldn't mind, actually. Yeah, we might as well, actually. Yes, please. Oh, yeah. Of course, of course. Uh, and uh, uh, all uh, for you, uh, no more than uh, <laughs> uh, one. Uh, uh, one for the whole uh, uh, group. I'm give her a silver. She takes it around. There's a brief moment of sadness in her face, but she takes it and, still overcharging you, uh, gives <laughs> uh, uh, meets you all at a... Uh, a bowl of thin gruel and a water uh, and three watery small beers to start your day. It's it's calories, you know, like it's something to keep you going. But it does it's it's no. not it's not the best. <laughs> I had a gold under my bowl <laughs> at the end of the meal. Um, just quietly. <laughs> you. Uh, so yeah, you quietly f- uh, um, finish up your thing. Now that you're no longer tipping her massive amounts, she seems to be less interested in you than before. <laughs> uh, and there is no, uh, and you can see there are a couple of other, uh, there are a couple of uh, local uh, tradespeople who seem to have come in for a very late breakfast or maybe an early lunch or so on, where they've been able to, but they don't really draw your, you don't really draw their attention. A couple glance over at the 
slightly um, outlandish clothing under your cloak, Celestia, and there's a bit of curiosity as to why you've got your hoods up in the inside in the middle of the day, but people seem to be keeping to themselves in this neighbourhood a bit. Yeah, yeah should have gone a bit more boring today. Still. You what do you two think? Should I get more boring? Well, if, if your only other option is full drow, no. No, I think once we're out maybe just the trousers, because they're literally silver. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, they're kind of like... (laughs) Which trousers are you wearing? wearing I'm wearing the least flashy Celestia. The least flashy, yeah, because your original one, which is to say, like, dark... They're like like, uh, purple... Or was it purple or blue, the original one? They're just covered in silver braid to the point where you can't see the colour underneath. (laughs) (laughs) That's what I specified in the first episode. Yeah, they're just like tacky silver braid tubes. (laughs) (laughs) From what you've said, it seems like the biggest threat to you right now is Adrin. So whatever is going to make it the hardest for him to find you. I mean, Adrin or anyone else who might have been warned that we exist, which could be a thing by now. Still, you finish up your uh, your morning bru- gruel and uh, chocolate I mean, gruel. <laughs> of course. <laughs> I'm gonna put my like split skirt on that I have. Yeah. Okay. Sort of just black one. Yeah. Not do. like full drow, but yeah, like so just you take you head back, shirt, back to the room. Black cloak and just split. Okay, skirt. so it's a little bit less ob- uh, uh, obtrusive than uh, intrusive than a. a I can't remember words today. <laughs> Conspicuous. There we go. I was thinking, yeah. what's the opposite of the word incognito? Uh, yeah, it's a bit less conspicuous. I thought you were going to say, what's the opposite of the word inconspicuous? Yeah. It's like hot or hun. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's, a, that's, a, that's a tired brain. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. You put on your black uh, split skirt and head on out. Is this better? What do you think? Yeah. Yeah, it should be. It's not worse. Yeah. All right. And the hood will cover the hair. Cause and sort of indicates with his head. Shall we? Uh... Yeah. yeah. So, you head out into the morning of, uh, well, to the very late morning of the sixteenth of first shoots. And yeah, the uh, the even with the possibility of war just on the horizon, there uh, the poorer the sort of east end of uh, the uh, of Ondion is a hive of activity. Uh, there are still plenty of people moving around, engaging in their business. Uh, people shouting for people to move out of the way, and so on. And uh, across the way, you can see that the brick kilns have been disassembled and new fresh bricks built built up into place, uh, ready to be fired for the day's brick making. (laughs) (laughs) Should add, want to learn about kilns to our our elevator pitch. There's a big old page in my notebook with that just says, "Learn about brick making in the 18th and 19th century." It's fine. <laughs> I learned about steel making in the 18, in the late 18th and, ni- and early 19th centuries, so we're all good. <laughs> <laughs> we're nerds. Are there any like foundries or whatnot here? <laughs> uh, 
there might be, but not uh, there might be in the region, but not immediately around. You could take a look for some if you wanted. Okay. Yeah. Well, I, I think Corson might for the simple uh, fact that he needs to track down a dwarven artisan at some yeah, point. That's true. True. Give me an investigation check. Okay. Uh, the others can help you for advantage. Oh, thank you. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so I rolled a 19 and a 1 on the die, so I'm going to re-roll the 1. <laughs> Just in case you get a 20. No, okay, so uh, investigation, then that's a dirty 20. Okay. Looking around, uh, it doesn't take long before you find your way to the... Uh, to the heady... Uh, to, indeed, there is a sort of foundry area. There are a number of uh, places. In fact, you can actually see at one point there is what appears to be a... A building where there is a huge pool of molten steel uh, at one point essentially being heated up by uh, b- by blazing coals while a person on top of a sta- uh, of like a gantry uh, almost like a little um, scaffolding is stirring it with what looks like a long stick of pig iron uh, they have rough cloths wrapped around their nose. It smells awful around here, but then so does most of the district. And the fumes cannot be good for their life uh, lifespan. Uh, mm. but it does appear that they are in the process of puddling steel. Uh, the uh, One of the iron workers uh, nearby is uh, who's... Uh, well, one of the steel makers uh, nearby, although there are a number of uh, foundries where people are working on making on manufacturing equipment, uh, comes up and peers at three of you as you approach. It's a stout-looking uh, halfling sort of fella uh, who squints at you. He's got uh, two big brown bushy eyebrows. Uh, he looks like... but they, they look like caterpillars. Uh, as, which is further accentuated by the fact that he ha- he's completely bald. Oh, uh, wow, okay. As oh. Well. All the hair has migrated from his head yes. forwards <laughs> to make two really bushy eyebrows. It's had to run away. <laughs> and then those two caterpillars frown down at you. Uh, as their sort of portly male halfling uh, approaches, uh, kind of is, Hi! What do you want? That's a good day to you. Got four bother here. And he um, asks if it's possible to um, uh, to speak to any blacksmiths that may be um, uh, employed by the, uh, the company here. He nods, he gestures round, uh, uh, down the street. Is it, is it, I, there's no new blacksmith here. What's what are you looking for? Uh, it's much obliged to you, sir. Oh, is there, uh, there's a view here. I'm not going to point you the right way. What sort of thing are you looking for? Well, it actually, it's, it's, it's what he's thinking. And um, he slowly um, starts to produce, not taking it out of the uh, uh, the scabbard, but the sabre. And mm. uh, he just um, uh takes it out like a couple of inches to show the indentations and, uh, and whatnot. So, needs a bit of repair work doing. Mm, he sucks his lip in through, uh, like he sort of sucks his bottom lip through his top teeth like oh I didn't work with there it's a good, good workmanship it's like oh, as best old mother oh, is that work dwarfship oh yeah it is isn't it oh. you only see good in the ore 
And just as down the street, he said, Alright, you want to get to his job? You want to go left, left, left. Uh, I think you're right. And uh, you want to go to the house with the, uh, with the red toy? Is that how you swear you want Goodman? And he directs you to the house of uh, Goodmund Orbender, uh, who is apparently, after a ser complex series of, uh, of uh, uh, directions, in a, uh, in a smithy with red tiles on its roof. Celestia so just like. Good morning, brother. That's proper job, lads. Oh, yeah. Celestia so just looks confusedly between you for this whole exchange. <laughs> trying to work out if there are words happening. <laughs> right. He's, uh, he's told us the way. What? How? We're apparently looking for a gentleman called Goodmund Orbender, and he lives in the red bricked house uh, down left, left, right, left, right, and then uh, at the end of the, uh, the street there. Is no, that... no, 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 left, 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 right, left, left, right. Ah, thank you very much. As we walk away, I just say, is that a different language or a thick accent? Or are you just making sounds at each other and it's just a big halfling in-joke that you all pretend to understand each other <laughs> and just laugh at all the other races? Because I'd be here for that if it was. <laughs> I've tried to teach you some of the uh, basic words in Halfling, but um, th there's um, there's a lot of nuance. And to be honest, like for in example, in Karenon, I can't understand a bloody word. But um, is there like different ones? <sighs> there are different dialects. What was that word you were trying to teach me the other day in Halfling? Great, like Gert. Gert, Gert. Like, yeah, if you're like... talking about a, uh, a man of war, that's a Gert big ship. That just sounds like you've spelt it wrong. <laughs> Gert. Why does it need that many R's? Gert. Isn't that how it is spelled? Gert. How are you today? Oh, I'm Gert. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's spelt it's G R E A T. Yeah, it's... How are you spelling that... it, Scab? Great. Great. Um, G... R... A... Y... Okay, gone a bit wrong there. Tita. Um, we have to negotiate the face of a country today. No, let's go talk to a crime lord instead. It's fine, it'll, it'll be good. <laughs> <laughs> it'll be a proper job is what it is. What? That's let's... more a turn and phrase rather than I just, a... Do I just start adding R's into words am I talking halfling? Yes. Gotta go and see the Kurm girl. <laughs> that was almost right. <laughs> it's the Kurm girl. The Kurm girl. <laughs> Yeah, they have, um, right? they have arguments uh, as to uh, whether the, the cream goes uh, on first and nah, and it doesn't. The man, uh, the portly halfling, uh, immediately casts you like, Don't go down about grime in here, eh? You in a mason area? Yeah, no. <laughs> no. No. Good. No. <laughs> Who was he talking to there? Uh, to you, uh, well, broadly to the three of you, but also to you there, uh, uh, Corzin. Right, okay. I, no, don't worry about that, don't worry. Oi, you don't want to get based on the minimations business, you understand? There's a person there. Good. Now, anyway. Good. And uh, Gordon pops his tricorder and starts walking. <laughs> okay. 
<laughs> I think we made a friend. <laughs> yeah, I think I can talk halfway now. Okay. Right, I will. will I will give it. both of you some formal instructions about this later, but I think we've got to um, deal with the slightly more pressing matters. <laughs> So you're gonna go ahead towards the uh, to, to the house of Goodman or Bender. Yes. Okay. So you head down the street, going left, 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 right, left, left, right, left, and uh, it actually leads you behind the complex uh, arrangement of smithies, forges, and steelworks in this area, uh, as uh, and actually past the larger foundries and to what looks like almost a small, traditional-looking smithy, of all things. It seems to be a little... Um, would almost look like a cottage if it wasn't for the... Because uh, it seems, as far as you can tell, to only be a single story high, kind of perched between larger buildings, what seems to be a small cottage uh, with almost beautifully done brick walls, uh, held, uh, with, with every brick perfectly aligned, and a set of smooth, glazed red tiles on the roof. And uh, it looks like it's uh, from, there's probably uh, two sets, broadly speaking, of um, the two rooms in here. Uh, the first room is open to the uh, is open to the air. The second is behind a door, which you would guess to be the inhabitants' uh, private chambers. It's actually quite a small little affair. And um, looking at it, uh, and at front you can see there is a traditional coal small coal fired forge uh, with a. Uh, with a, a, a smithy's uh, with a sm uh, with an anvil, a set of hammers, tongs, classic metalworking equipment, and um, you can see that there is a dwarf uh, out front, and uh, he looks to be maybe in his maybe of some age actually. Okay. Uh, male dwarf. He's got. Uh, Quite very deep brown skin, uh, but with either a bright, but with kind of like a uh, like a, a an almost platinum blonde beard and hair, both of which are quite strictly braided. The hair kept well back from the front of his face. Uh, for, uh, uh, the uh, beard braided in tight braids and held in a steel ring. He's wearing just a. So he's got a blacksmith's apron on. Uh, which is just sturdy leather, but you can see that the clothes beneath are in grey, just grey linen, but very well made. Uh, okay. Nothing, no stitch out of place. Uh, and he has some, uh, and, you, and uh, he actually just ha is drawing. S uh, okay, what's he working on at the moment? Ah, yes. Uh, and you can see that he has a bit of uh, a short length of steel, which is heating up with some tongs, got thick leather gloves on, in the fire. As you approach, he kind of holds up a hand to you, pulls it out, and very quickly uh, goes with a hammer to lengthen out the steel a little, pauses, puts it back in, puts, inspects it for a moment. Hey, how can I help you? That was very fast work. 
Well, it's not done yet. Oh, uh, are you uh, Ormond? Shakes his head slowly. Uh, no, I'm Gudmund. Ormond is my brother. Ormond ah. works in the mountains. Ah, right. Must have misheard that. Never mind. There's, uh, there's a, a thing I was wondering if you could help me with. And I um, take out the, uh, the saber and place it down. So I need some uh, repair work done on this. Uh, I was told that um, it was best to uh, take it to a, a dwarven, craft, uh, dwarven craftsman, as that was probably who it was made by in the first place. He glances at the steel. Would you mind taking that off the, ha- uh, the, the anvil for a moment? I do so. He immediately pulls out the steel. It's like a mach- watching a machine hammer at work. <laughs> pulls it out, examines it, puts it back in. All right. Let me take a look. And takes it, draws the uh, the uh, the, uh, the scabbard, examines it. Not bad work. Looks like ah, uh, I recognise this. Hmm. Closes it shut. Yeah. That will have come out of the, uh, that will have come out of the Red Folder Forges. Ah. Uh, I think I can work with that. It looks like you've got a bit of iron damage, of acid damage to it. Yeah, that's right. He nods. Give me a moment. Pull, uh, hands you the scab back, pulls the, uh, the, uh, or, uh, the, uh, uh, the steel out. It's almost, uh, each time he's doing it, it's beginning more and more to start looking like a knife. Oh. Just like the broad shape of one. I very quietly at the back lean down to scamp. I really want to ask him how much his hammer is, because it's like one of the three phrases I can say in Dwarven. <laughs> that would be stupid. I just want to do yeah. it because he's actually a dwarf with a hammer. I just wanted to share that with someone. He blows it, kind of, <laughs> for a moment, and then, imme- and then turns and quenches it uh, in a bucket of oil. That will do for now. Hmm. He gives a whistle, and uh, a young uh, halfling uh, girl of maybe like 13 pops out. Uh, and uh, he looks at her and he says uh, Emma do you mind watching the forge just going to take these people into the workshop Uh, laughing girl nods Uh, so he looks at you for a moment Hmm. it's not going to be cheap repair work no, he didn't think it was, but um, we can talk about that. Right, well, you get the quality you pay for. I'm sure uh, I do. It's not too bad. I think I can work to re- do a lot of the repairs, because it's good steel to begin with. But um, you're going to be looking at close to, I want to say, 70 gold crowns. Alright. Um, realize that's quite that's probably about ten times what you'd pay for a, a for a normal saber, but he shrugs one shoulder. This is red folder work I'm working on. 
And I'm sure it has... Yes, well, um... I think we can come to an arrangement. Uh, I prefer so- to do uh, the, the haggling before I start the work, if that's alright. That's perfectly fine. What sort of time scale are we looking at for the repairs? Hmm. Mind if I take another look? Certainly. Takes a it, appears it in the light. Should take me about half an hour for these. You can sit around and wait while I'm finishing. If I do it in the proper workshop. Alright. That seems fairly reasonable to me. 70 gold crowns, was it? He nods. Alright. Uh, and Corzin counts out 70 gold crowns. Okay. Takes, it, takes them and uh, uh, opens a small pouch, puts them inside. Closes it. She's got a little pouch hidden under the uh, apron. Alright, so gonna have you come with me. Uh, now, I'd appreciate it if you didn't talk too much about what you see down here. Uh, it's not that the uh, it's not that it's well, it's a little secret, but uh, prevents too much problems with jealousy from the other smiths. So uh, if you want I to understand. come into the back, please. Trade secrets. Uh, you know, and he opens the uh, back door. You can see there is what appears to be a very small, uh, quaint little uh, room with a dwarf-sized bed, a set of cupboards, Aww. a little, uh, a little uh, cooking, uh, a little ki- uh, kitchenette, and so on. He says, uh, "This is Emma's room. If you'd like to all come inside, please." He gets the three of you inside. Close the door goes towards the heavy it uh, goes towards the um and you see there's what looks like a little larder trapdoor next to the uh kitchenette uh with the uh, with the little oven so on he lifts it up <laughs> and you can see there is a set of well-carved stone stone steps going down into what at first looks like darkness but what you celestia recognize as the dim blue glow of well, blue, yeah, it's bluish greenish glow of foxfire cap uh, mm. mushrooms in in uh, glass bowls, the traditional dwarven method, and indeed often popular in drow. Yeah, we have them in our houses. Yeah, houses of creating <coughs> their hallways. Yes. Okay. Would so I've seen these before. Hmm. Would Corson have seen these before? Uh, I don't think he would. Probably not. No. No. Okay. No, done. Alright, so and because if you just follow me, it's a little dark, but you should be able to see. And it leads you down the steps which kind of curve round and down to a heavy looking uh door of solid oak, reinforced with steel bars at the bottom, and next to it are a couple of hanging from the ceiling glass bowls with what seems to be uh, a kind a, a, a curious mix of what looks to be just like mold but with a few little cap, brightly cut glowing caps in them the whole thing is glowing a bluish green one of them is a little dim and the other appears it did hmm. needs a bit more food reaches into one of the pouches hidden under his apron takes out what looks like almost like very finely ground bird seed script and kind of just sort of uh, pinches a bit of it into the mold, followed by a bit of some sort of white powder, 
and the mould glows just perceptibly a little brighter. Hmm. All right, now it takes out several keys, <laughs> unlocks three locks on the door, and pushes them open. Beyond, you can see there is actually quite a spacious stone chamber, which seems to have been cut, dug out of the earth, and then paved over with solid stone walling. And the end, uh, it seems to be uh, a lot like the, I mean, it is recognizably a blacksmith's workshop. <laughs> there, is, there is a couple of adjoining doors which are closed and presumably lead off to private quarters. But this main area is clearly a blacksmith's workshop, except all of the tools are made of brilliantly uh, shining, well-kept solid steel. They seem to be made very precisely to certain measurements. This whole place is very smoothly swept and cleaned. There is no sign that you can tell of a chimney, and there isn't a forge down here, although there is uh, an anvil. Hmm. Instead, as you get to the end, you can see what seems to be... It's as if someone made, made a tube of steel. Uh, just like a like an empty cylinder, a hollow cylinder, except that they've cut out a section of it so you can see inside rather than just round at the ends. Okay. And you can see that the interior is seems to be patterned with a complex array of slightly differently tinted silvery metals, except for a few which are marked out in a complex series of dwarven runes that encircle the interior of this tube. Magic? Looks like it. Yeah, yeah you you don't need to roll a check for that. Uh, and as he goes to the uh, uh, he goes to the outside, and you can see there are hand, only a handful of runes on the exterior, uh, which just seem to be essentially dwarven numerals, uh, with uh, in certain gradations. Goes, just a moment, reaches over, and he actually takes off his uh, apron and gloves, puts on a new cleaner set of apron and gloves, hanging up, and touches some of the runes on the side the runes on the interior light up with a dull reddish gleam which turns to yellow then to white pins pierced it touches it again they fade to a yellow white don't put uh, I, uh, don't go anywhere near the cylinder and he gestures to the floor, you can see a matching, uh, well, not matching, but a similar series of runes have been done in a circle around it. He says, just for a little, just for fun, put your foot, put your hand past this circle, because he's the only one currently standing in the circle. I do it. Okay, but, yeah. So it's been a nice... I want to do it. I want to do it. So it's been a very, so, it. <laughs> so it's all kind of cool underground temperature until you put your hand in, and then the, it's just like you're standing right next to a furnace. Oh. As you pull your hand away, it seems that whatever magic is in the runes is just blocking the heat from going any further. That is very clever. Mm. Very impressive. Well, that's what you get when you hike, uh, when you uh, earn your stripes, as it were, amongst the dwarves. I can so tell we're in safe hands. <laughs> Indeed, I'll be having yours, uh, uh, your saber now. Right, can I hand and, it to uh, If you want to take a seat on the, uh, on the bench over there. I do and so. he watches he carefully with a series of tools begins lowering the uh, uh, 
So because it's only exterior damage, she doesn't have to do the thing which you really should do when you're reforging a weapon, which is melt the steel down and completely redo it from yeah. scratch. Uh, that would be much more expensive. But this is mostly like just a case of uh, doing a bit of sharpening and repair work, uh, and basic repair works. So what he does is he takes the blade and he puts it into the middle of the cylinder going in from the side. He actually, you watch as he takes off the hilt first. Uh, and just puts it in by the tang, and the blade very quickly begins to heat up and glow. Uh, when it's reached the right temperature, he takes other tools and begins carefully smoothing, straightening, has some tools re respective for just uh, smoothing out the edges, eventually takes them to carving tools. It's He works with slightly terrifying speed, it has to be said. Uh, given, but just, uh, but it's speed that is physically doable. Just, it's the actions of someone who's done the same thing for a hundred thousand hours. Yeah. Uh, Imagine watching it is like fascinating. Oh, it's yeah. So good. yeah. It's, it's one of those things of when you've got ten times the lifespan of the, of say, humans, ten thousand hours isn't mastery. Yeah. A hundred thousand hours is mastery. Yeah, it was like wasn't it? Ten thousand uh, hours is mastery. A hundred thousand, you're the greatest there's ever been. Yeah. <laughs> but if you're a dwarf, that's you live for standard. Hundreds yeah. of years. So you see that. Uh, so eventually, uh, and I'm going to go into too much detail because the more detail I go into, the more I'm going to mess up my knowledge of blacksmithy, which is a little dodgy right now. <laughs> um, and finally, he finishes by grinding down the edges. And at the edge and restoring the uh, sharp edge to the blade. Takes a little bit of care to it. Then moves it over carefully to another part of the room. As he brings it out, you can actually feel the heat radiating from the sword. He takes it to another chamber uh, where there are uh, to, just to another one of those little curved steel cylinders. And he presses a few of the runes on that side. And as he puts it in, he watches the as the temperature begin is it seems to be it's the bl blade is starting to cool down the t uh, the, t the the glowing to fade but as he puts it in there it stops seems to remain at the same temperature and then slowly very gradually starts to fade down more little bit more control than if i just use the oil hmm. intriguing See, that sort of equipment... Well, this sort of equipment is very specialist work. You need to get a good enchanter working on that, and, well, that's a high-level investment for most of what I need to do. I just use the, uh... He gestures upwards with a thumb, you know, the cheap one upstairs, because it does the job. A pretty penny, I'm sure, but I can't argue with the results. Not... <laughs> Anyway, we'll be spending the next 15 minutes waiting for that to cool down, so... Um, probably a bit of a long shot here. But you're quite good with metal and, you know, just in case... I'm sort of stuck in these braces. Uh, oh, yeah. I probably need a priest, but just because you're good at metal... Wondered if you might have a look. Wanders over, takes a peer at them. Do you mind if I... And yep. he gestures to the... He tries to undo it. <laughs> Immediately reconnects. Oh, yeah. That's the ones. Hmm. He thinks to himself, taps the edge of his beard. 
No, never seen anything like that in my life, but then I don't do much work with the Underdark. Yep. Mostly stay, uh, mostly worked for uh, home clans, and then out here in the sticks, I mean, uh, out here on the surface. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Probably a good idea, that, to be honest. Well, I mean, if you talk to a proper armor, it's good work. I'd say those were probably from the shape of the steel and so on. Uh, that's definitely dwarf work originally. Yeah, I thought so. But I don't recognise the make, and they haven't got to make his, make his mark on it. Nope. Looks like they were probably done as part of a specialist commission. Who the fuck commissions these? Well, judging from the uh, iconography, is probably a bit a religious piece. Yeah. Hmm. Looks drow. Well, I can't see any of the signs that would mark a classic dwarven enchantment, so it's likely that they had the dwarf make the base piece, and then they had uh, one of your uh, gods, or something like that, do a bit of, uh, bit of a miracle on it. Oh, wow. Hmm. Weird kind of miracle. Yeah. Depends if you don't mind in... my asking, what sort of uh, effects are, are, on the, are on it, apart from the fact you can't take it off? Um, sort of battle magic? Ah, that'd make sense. Probably belong to some sort of favoured disciple. Right. He nods. Uh, he nods uh, uh, knowledgeably. Mm. Very common back in the day. Right. How long ago was back in the day, if yeah, you don't do you mind me asking? <laughs> oh, well, it's fallen out of fashion these days, but it still happens every now and again. If they want to, if the gods want to, if your gods want to, uh, you know, reward or bless someone, they might have something made and then enchanted, but it doesn't do to happen too much. Usually prefer to act through the priests. But back in the days of the early empire, it was pretty common. They used to do it up here on the surface with the Tyrian gods, but the region doesn't go in for that thing so much. No, not At so least much. not after the whole day globe th thing. Ah. Well. It wasn't just ponders. <laughs> I mean, in theory, could do it, but... Uh, Honestly, you need someone who's pretty favoured, and you'd be looking at... I don't know... Favoured in particular by drow gods? Well, for that sort of work, I'm yes. I'm going to need somebody who's favoured by drow gods to get this off me. Oh, no. You need someone who is favoured by drow gods to put it on in the first place. Anyone can take it off, though. I think you need someone who's probably either a skilled... A, a, a skilled dwarven enchanter might be able to get you the, uh, the workarounds, or who knows, the human mages are certainly coming up with a lot these days, so maybe they'd do it. Or, I suppose, classically with these sorts of things, there's probably a proper way Way to, is probably a proper way to take them off if you know the way but you can usually get a priest well a cleric uh who is in sufficiently good books with their uh with uh well the patron let's say to um you know kind of hit uh, going through the back door as it were and get them off that way a proper way to take them off is that is that always a thing 
Oh, probably. I mean, why would you make a set of uh, battle gauntlets for a favoured uh, champion if there wasn't a proper way to take them off? I imagine the reason you can't take them off is because they were designed to be a bit inconvenient for anyone else to put them on. But uh, ah. I imagine whoever they were originally know, uh, meant for would probably have been told the correct way to take them off so that they wasn't inconvenient. I mean, you've got to have a bath sometime. Yeah. Well, quite. You don't... Bath? Ugh. Well, you don't happen to know if uh, <laughs> there's uh, any... Dwarven enchanters in the city here, perhaps. Oh, no, no, no. Not the right sort of market for that. You want to go into the mountains. It's quite hard to get the enchanters out here. See, we got, frankly, uh, I'm going to be very honest. There's not many of the short, of the short-lived uh, folk out here that have it, uh, that have a uh, cat's chance in the deep under dark of actually replicating most of what we do because you don't have the necessary infrastructure. But even so, there are rather a lot of them, and it's always possible that could happen. So the enchanter, uh, enchanting clans, like to keep their secrets close to the chest. That's yeah. fair enough. I do. I'll be honest, I, there was no... I'm, I'm surprised we even found you out here. Oh well, I like this fresh air. Mm. Fair, I understand that. Also, good, back, I'm sure. back home's kind of crowded, and I thought I might appreciate the time out, learn a bit about the surface before I go back and complete my work and try and become a master. Mm. Well, thank you very much for this. I'm much obliged to you, sir. Ah, that's all right. Well, it's been a pleasure. Hope you ha enjoy the rest of your day. And do give... And he looks to, to you, Celestia. Oh, and do give my regards to your superiors. I'll have the work done for them soon. Much obliged. Um, remind me what work, just so I know what I'm... Oh, there's a bit. Some of the work, some of the armor got a bit dinged up from a cannonball. I'll have the, I'll be, I'll be the repair work on those pieces. Okay, just making sure I got the message right. Thank you. He gives a nod. If you could, if you could uh, send that back to the palace for me, that would help. I will do. Thank you. All right. Well, you have a nice day now. You too. Bye. He escorts you back up to the surface and quietly kicks you out out of his forge mm -hmm. before taking back up the work on the dagger he was working on uh, from Emma. So I thought, not for now it's not wildly important at this second, when we have a minute, I can now see the history of objects I could look at how to take these off. That's really useful actually. Or you could just use the eye to see the last time someone did. Yeah, that's also that true. Also work. The um, the forge that he mentioned is that uh, at all familiar to you? Um, so which forge? Out of character. I'm having a moment. That's not in character. That's out of character. Yeah, that's fine. Uh, which forge? I'm having a moment as well. So, sorry, no, the um. Oh, the red folder forge. Yeah, the red folder forge. Ah, uh, just give me a history check, uh, Celestia. Um, oh god, I'm sorry. Somehow, like, adding Jack of all trades has really made me forget all my modifiers. Um, uh, so that is 14. 14. 
You've heard the name before. They're a clan of uh, that. They're they're a dwarven metalsmithing clan. Uh, they they you've known them to do armory work in the past. They have a shop in Utu. Uh, where they do some work, uh, but big orders, you know, go up to the mountain homes to be uh, shipped back down. Their shop in the their shop in the Utu is almost like a bit of a forge for local work and really like a business front so that they can yeah. take orders and, for big they stuff. They send stuff. Yeah, 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 mostly in the mountains, I think, darling. Well, I was just thinking, I, I originally got this saber off one of the uh, Ebon Guard. Yeah, they have what? a shop where I'm from. Ah. But they put in all the big orders to the mountains. But I mean, it could be, it, it could be that they make the Ebon Guard stuff. That wouldn't surprise me. Well, Quite somebody must do, wasn't they? Clan. Yeah. Quite just big. a thought. But I, I like that idea of uh, finding out how to take those things off because, well, like he said, you've got to take a bath at some point. Yeah. Uh, also, it'd be nice to not have to keep. Killing the wildlife. I mean, mostly that. Yeah. And uh, not having to, you know, smush rabbits every so often would be good. But also, I mean, if there's a really easy way to take them off, and it's not horrendous, there could be something I put on once in a while in a fight. I can see how it would be useful. As long as you take them off before dark, you're alright, aren't you? Yeah, basically. Yeah. But I mean, that depends if it's not something horrific you know yeah because it might well, be some sort of quite scary way of taking them off in which case i'll just take worth them finding off. out in any case because worst yeah. case scenario we're just going to take it uh take you to the uh, nearest qualified cleric type enchanter person. apparently oh or a cleric who can just help you take them off permanently yeah i mean wasteful though that would be i'd much rather that oh than you i'm having fine to... with that i really yes. am yeah, that would I'm be sure fine. You I'm just—that was just a thought for if you know ideal situation happens, but oh, um, always good to um, to imagine the ideal situation. Yeah. Taking them off is also pretty ideal. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, and uh, Corson uh, is sort of examining the uh, the blade of the saber and then puts it away. We should go and find Veldrina's lot. Yes. We should. Because they might be able to tell us where to go. Yes. Agreed. Okay. Um, okay. I'm just going to make a quick note. I'm just making a very quick note on something here. All right, You're so... You're making a note on how to take off the braces, I can I'm tell. I'm totally making a note on how to take off Because you did a bracelet. face when I said I was going to do that, like you hadn't, like you hadn't considered that as a possibility. <laughs> I'd consider it as a possibility. It's one of those things where you consider it as a possibility and then you don't actually write down the method in advance. There we go. <laughs> so, uh... Oh, it's going to be something horrendous, isn't it? I can tell. Probably. Kill a uh, child, then you yeah, can Yeah, but kill a child is exactly what I was thinking. <laughs> Kill a child. Whoa, they're off. Look. <laughs> so, have you killed any children recently? No? <laughs> then you can't take off your glo your gloves. They are, like, made by a horrible drow spider god. Like, fuck mm -hmm. it. It could be something really weird. True. Uh, although, uh, at some point, that's just going to be inconvenient. Impractical. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, like, you have a point, actually. Uh, Okay. Um, 
I'm sorry, Ooh. it's going to be at least nine months before you can take this off again. Oh, <laughs> oh no. <laughs> that was dark. That was yeah. super <laughs> dark. That was God. the darkest joke you've ever told. On or off air. That was really dark. Oh. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> so, where, you guys are on the streets. You guys, so, where do you want to go next, then? Uh, you're getting trying right, to find... We're going to go to the sculptor's lot, I think, won't we? Okay. Yeah. So yeah. I mean, you head back towards the brickworks, but you kind of not really got an idea of where to go from there. Um, well, they went that way. All right. Didn't well, really see anything. I mean, there was that bit with two guards outside. That would be my guess. Yeah. Yeah. Worth checking out in any case. Yeah. Okay. You can see that uh, returning to the uh, to the uh, brickworks there. Uh, the uh, are <laughs> the you can actually see that there is a sign uh, over the uh, 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 that uh, was a little bit less visible in the dark, which dis which it's an old sign, and uh, it, when I say it's old, I mean it was originally made in iron. There's a bit of you can see where where, where it's ha it clearly been dented at one point and then repainted over with black uh, black and so on. And it says West Wall Brickworks, despite the fact that you are very definitely near the East Wall. Hmm. <laughs> it's a bit fucking weird, isn't it? Is this some sort of backwards Sulian humour? Or have the walls moved a lot? Or are they trying to make it a memorable name so crime gangs can meet here? Uh, it's possible, I suppose. <laughs> As you kind of wonder that out loud, uh, you can see... I do say that quietly. You say that bit quietly, but you yes. say the first... If you say the first bit about what that's a weird name mm. out loud, uh, then you see a human who's uh, kind of pushing a, a... A sort of burly human who's pushing a, a, a load of not yet... Uh, not yet fired bricks on a cart. Over, kind of stops for a moment, wipes his head, and says, Well, wondering about this sign, yeah? Yeah. Ah. Yeah. Uh, happened years ago. The brickworks, someone tried to set up brickworks on the west wall. They got put out the business. They moved down here. They oh. kept the name. It's everyone laughs at it the force and then we're just used to it. Huh. Well, that's uh, uh, comforting to know. I was beginning to worry that maybe the magnetic norse had changed. Only you, you would ever think that. Gaze. <laughs> <laughs> So what the fuck do you fuck as what? Um... Sorry, I'm still stuck in the dwarf there. So what the fuck do you fuck as want? We're looking for somebody, an elf lady, who might be around. Green dress, blonde hair. An elf lady? Yes. Can't help you all that. Are you sure? I... Is, what is it that I have from the sculptor out of character? I can't remember. It's a little statue. A little statue you have a little statue out of a fisherman. I fuck about with a little statue. Are you sure? Friends for a moment. Um. Peers at it for a moment. Like, he's not really sure what you're what you're doing with that. Drugs? Mm. I put it back in my pocket. Never mind, don't worry. Well, my business. You want to. Well, it's not my business. If you want to do it, that shit, so you want to talk to the foreman. All right. Um, Who's the foreman? Could you, could you point us to him? Thumbs. Or them? 
he thumbs up towards um, the largest of the temporary, of the semi-temporary looking structures, which at some point actually had some bricks put under it to make it less temporary uh, in the, around the brickworks. Yeah. Boss is uh, up there. Uh, Best of luck. Thank you. Rolls his eyes and carries on moving his bricks. Okay. <laughs> what a cheerful person. Hmm. He even made the funny sign boring. <laughs> he has brightened my day. Yeah, I'm very glad I met him. My life would be so much less without his warmth. I'm tired. Let's go and talk to the Grand Gang. <laughs> Okay, you head up towards the main um, building, and um, you can see that. And as it, as you go up there, uh, a couple of uh, heavy set half orc uh, brick layers uh, walk up. Nine. <coughs> Oi! What do you want? Um. We're looking for someone, an elf lady, and fiddle with a statue. Glance between each other. One of them seems a little weird, the other one... Just frowns for a moment. Hold up. You want the boss? Okay. <clears throat> Gestures. Oh, that's up. Okay. And he puts the door open, clo closes it behind him, walks inside. Can I do a history check to see if I remember if any of the names of the Fisher Kings or the nicknames that they have has anything to do with bricklaying? Do an intelligence check because you were told a series of the... Yeah, I know. Oh, out yeah. I mean, I, on, out I of character, them. I do not remember, but in character, I I wrote might. them down. Give me, yes. like, a minute <laughs> and I will do some looking through my notes. Because I, I was looking through one I was going, I cannot find it. I've moved notebooks since then. I have, I I have two, but one. I've got my notebook. No, those are sending spells. It's definitely before that. <laughs> um, right. If you go and find it, I'll just roll. But. Oh, God. I mean, roll anyway, just in case. Feel free to roll an intelligence check. Natural one, but lucky. Uh, Twelve. is enough. Uh, you do vaguely recall that Von Dion's Fisher King is called the Mason. Ah, uh, uh, that's what um, Caterpillar Face was talking about. What? The uh, halfling we spoke to earlier. He mentioned the mason. I thought he, uh, he meant oh, that right. we wanted to speak to a mason. Uh, I told him that we didn't need to speak to, uh, uh, to a mason. We had no... Um, uh, it turns uh, out we do need to speak to a mason. I yeah. definitely do. So as you're discussing this, the, well, the one of the orcs has been kind of glaring at you. The other half orc comes back out. All right, to see you. Thank Go you. in. And thumbs behind him. Uh, opens the door. You step inside, and you come inside. What is essentially like a single room office, and uh, there is a man. Uh, there is a a figure sat behind uh, a desk which is literally a plank of wood propped up on bricks uh in a in a rough chair and he's having his lunch uh there's a thick old pork pie in front of him uh, and i mean like a proper big dinner plate pork pie is about a, a third of the way into it right um and he's pouring gra gravy on it uh, and eating there's a bit of a there's, uh, there's a pint next to him and uh there's a kind of meaty-looking, red-faced, uh, 
fat half orc. Although it's the kind of fat where it's covering a lot of muscle. And his right. clothes are kind of light st stained with lime. He's got quite chapped hand. He's, kind of, he's got a mouthful of pork. Alright. Hello. What do you want? Drinks um, a bit. I wave the statue in front of him. Oh, you're one of those, are you? Yes. Right. Um, Pull just... up a pew. He gestures in front of his desk. There are no chairs. <laughs> I sit on the floor. Yeah, me too. <laughs> Corson does not sit. Corson right. is height. still short. Yeah. Right, he's looking like sort of eye to eye with Scamp now. Hello. Picks so, at his teeth. We're new in town. We're here on a bit of business. Um, yeah, I spoke to your boss last night. Vildrina. Oh, she was there, yeah. But you know, oh. him. I assume you're here about the business. Well, that's... Uh, yeah, what business would that... Roll a deception check. <laughs> I <wanna laughs> so, yeah, you just asked what business would that be. Yeah, yeah what business not, would that be? I'm, oh, God, I just, I'm not doing very well at this whole being secretive thing today. <laughs> um, that is a 13. Raises an eyebrow. Oh, it's a business, isn't it? Look, I don't know what your boss has told you. You take that up with him when you see him. Okay. Um, he did mention that he had some business last time we spoke to him. <laughs> I really can't remember who we're talking about out of character. We're talking about the sculptor. Okay. The sculptor said that uh, he had... I've got like four different Fisher Kings in yeah. my head and I can't yeah. remember which one it no, was. I'm sorry. The, I, I recall that the sculptor said uh, that um, if, if we were interested, uh, he had some business that could take up to six months. Um, oh, this is the same business because we're not six months later <laughs> in campaign time. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we are in real time. Yeah. Oh, yeah. campaign time, we're not. Yeah, because I think this is like, I don't know, the episode. Um, yeah, this is like, the, like, like episode, episode 19, 15, 18, maybe? 18. 18, yeah. Like 18, Ooh. 19. Is when that is Ages when you that, learned yeah. that. Yeah. Okay, I feel less bad for not remembering that. Yeah. Throwing no. that out there. <laughs> <laughs> The mason kind of spoons another, uh, forks another mouthful of pork pie to his hand. Uh, oh, yeah. Um, names. He just his end. Oh, it's Lestia Stardust. Nice to meet you. All right. You. Corson Morris at your service. Right. Brit. Coleman Brit. Of course. Yeah. Folk around here know me as a mason. Oh, right. Nice to meet you anyway. Yeah. So we were just, um... Frankly, looking for information about the town and uh, where the big. Hang on, what were we? I'm sorry, I'm really, so, really tired today. No, that's fine. So, so you... we are looking for Cardinal Victory, um, Bishop Jean Luc Sucoline, yeah. and Marie Honore, and Lucetta Duvange. Yeah. Um, I can't remember where we were told they were going to be, so uh, I can't remember what to ask. Weren't. Okay. You don't know where they are. Uh, but you were told that Jean, Bishop Jean-Luc Zucaline was a contact who could put you in the right way. Okay. So when you're in town and we're looking oh, for Bishop Jean-Luc Zucaline, looking to talk to him, not sure where to start. Don't suppose you have any information. Shrugs all. You want, ah, you want an information broker then, don't you? All right. 
tell you what, because you made me laugh. You're just as you're sitting on the floor. Yeah, we're still I'll give here. You this, I'll give you this one for free. Ah, thank you. You want to go up to... Um, click his fingers for a moment. Right. You want to go up to the inner city. Not the inner inner city. Like, not, not by the palace, but... You want to go up to the... F- well, actually, you don't want to show Now it's moved. She's moved. Right. You want to go to the west end. Mm-hmm. Well, the southwest sort of sort of end, where the perfume district is. Perfume. Yes. The whole district for perfume. Here. Of course we do. There's bloody Von Dion. It's famous for its perfumes. I'm not from around here. Oh yeah, of course you wouldn't be, would you? No. <laughs> Shakes his head. Yeah. Nah. People think of Van Dion. They think of wine. They think of perfumes. Some of them think of bricks. He shrugs. Hmm. <laughs> Odd combination of things. We got good clay. We got we got good wine country. We got good flowers. Fair. No, well, not judging. Hey, what can I say? I got civic pride. <laughs> good for you. Snakes more of his uh, of his uh, <laughs> pork pie. Right. There's a particular perfumery you want to find. The pointed tail. You talk to yeah. You want to talk to Mora. She's in charge. She'll put you in in direction of the right people. Mora. Yeah. Lovely. Well, thank you very much. Right. Uh, Usual rules apply. Cracks his knuckles. (sighs) While you're in my territory, anything you steal, anyone you get for killing someone, I get I get a fifth. That seems only fair. Cool. Understood. You want to do anything? You want to do any really big jobs? You come to me first, get and you get my permission. No plans, but sure. All right. Well, you uh, otherwise. I've get, I've told your boss he's welcome for as long as uh, work's ongoing. So, anything else, take it up with him. Okay. Uh, where might we find him this time of day? Yeah, I've only just got in. Oh. um... Right. Well, I don't know where he is exactly, but um, his henchwoman, uh, what was the name? Veldrina. Veldrina, that's it. She's uh, got a, I think she's rented out the uh, penthouse at the brisket. The brisket? Yeah, yeah, it's up in the inner city. Okay. Very, very posh. Uh, very well to do. Very posh restaurant. Uh, got some rooms above. Well, okay. my boss does not scrimp. Hmm. She picks a gristle out of tea. Right. Everything? Yeah, I think yes. so. Thank, thank you, you very much for your help. Yeah, thank you too. Now fuck out off, would you? Sure. Cool, have a good day. You <laughs> he goes too. back to his lunch. Middle of brusque people this morning, haven't we? <laughs> Maybe that's what this town's like. Maybe they're all brusque here. So you walk by and someone goes, ah, fuck off! <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's Fuck probably a bit on edge because of how close the fighting quietly. is. What? Everyone's probably a bit on edge because of how close the fighting is. That's I mean, true. Actually, yeah, it's probably not cultural brusqueness. You can actually still is it? hear the distant. And you can actually stop. hear the cannons. They never stop. Gee. <laughs> well, they're shifts. fighting for their lives. <laughs> Yeah, we should get a shift so. on, shouldn't we? 
You do actually, as you're commenting on this, notice a flight of giant eagles return to the sort of landing, almost sort of uh, like land airstrip style bastion at one uh, on the edge of the city. Makes me nervous. Mm. Same. We should be harder to spot in here. Yeah, harder to pick out. Um, right, let's see if we can't. Uh, track down this uh, this bishop then yeah you head around through working your way through the east end and the brick uh, kilns the ironworks and the various other uh, smellier heavier industries start to give way to a very different scent in fact actually um thousands of cents thousands of cents although not uh, thinking about where they would be actually you first go through the south quarter uh, before you do that, where the scent is not yet floral, but grape. Uh, there is, there is, frankly, there is at one point, uh, as you're waking your way through, uh, there's been, at some point earlier in the day, a bit of a carting accident. And an apple cart has gotten tangled up with a cart which was carrying barrels. And one of the barrels has gone over and cracked on the side, uh, uh, on the, uh, on someone, uh, on basically on uh, the brickwork of someone's house. And you can see in the street the dark stain of spilled wine. Has the apple cart been upset at The all? apple cart has also been upset and there is currently a, a raging argument between the two owners. Uh, which... <laughs> Uh, both Liam of the Bard, if you're still listening, hello. <laughs> we liked your song all that time ago. It was great. <laughs> um, but yes, as you make your way through, you do notice there's a large number of barrels that are being moved around. And, and yeah, it does indeed speak to the wine industry. Uh, Looks like a pedestrian accident to me, that one. Mm. <laughs> it's not an exciting accident. Very pedestrian. So, you make <laughs> uh, You suck. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, as you make your way towards the southwest of uh, the city, the uh, stench of spilled uh, red wines give way to uh, indeed a thousand floral, musky, confusing scents. Oh, as I'm a bit sick. And in fact, it's actually even stronger because this time of year, the flowers are starting to come out because it's spring. Mm. Uh, and so you see people with literally just baskets and baskets of uh, brightly colored or sometimes quite dully colored, but very strongly smelling flowers, which are being conveyed over to the perfumeries where the perfume makers are busy concentrating them into their distinctive oils. <laughs> so you start sneezing. Somewhere, unbeknownst to everyone, a serial killer is busy working. Is busy learning the secrets of perfume. No, that's a, that's a lovely movie, but we're not going to talk. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I don't want to start sneezing with her flowers. Yeah. Ugh. <coughs> this is a lot. It's it's pretty cloying. <laughs> uh, I don't like it. My eyes are all watery. Ugh. But uh, maybe you're allergic. Is that a thing? Is that a thing that happens to people? Yeah. Some lots. people. You can just be allergic to like growing things. Well, some some things just disagree with people. That's bollocks. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I knew you could be allergic to stuff, but just like fucking flowers. Mm. Well, this is a, a rather um, heavy <laughs> concentration of them. 
At least you're not allergic to monkeys. That would be fucking hard work, wouldn't it? Hello, Jeffrey. And Jeffrey is waking up in your pack and sort of emerges. <laughs> I am as well. My eyes are itching. Fucking hell. Ah. The surface is stupid. Uh, oh, sorry. Oh, uh, Scam. Yeah. Could you do me a favour and roll a slight hand check for Jeffrey? Oh, no. What's he doing? <laughs> oh, no. Where is Jeffrey's sheet gone? Uh, oh. Oh, you Has lost Jeffrey it been pilfering things again? Yeah, I had it and I left it at the. Oh, we I think it's to print you a new one, didn't we? Yeah, I think I feel yeah. like his decks might be plus. It's either plus three or four. Yes. Uh, you can. You can. Oh, uh, I mean, it's going to be good because I rolled an eighteen mm. on the dice. Okay, that's will be enough. <laughs> that'll be over twenty. Yeah. Uh, you look away, and as you make your way down, you look back at one point, and I'm going to say a little bit later, at a time of your choosing, you open your back at your pack to find it just full of flowers, <laughs> just full of them. Right, that hasn't happened yet. It hasn't happened there yet. There will be a moment later. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so you're still. Well, I have no reason to open my backpack yeah. right now. No. Uh, so you're busy. Uh, uh, sorry, Scamp's backpack in this case. Oh. Uh, it's going to be full of flowers. Oh. Uh, so. Oh well, I'll just, I'll just you continue. Sorry, making... you were looking at me while you said. It oh yeah, sorry. Good. I was actually kind of looking at the uh, at where I imagined Scamp to be. Which was oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh. Uh, I'll do that. So yeah, you'll do that. The uh, <laughs> which is in the chair that Robbie was sat in the other night. Oh. Uh, so yeah, you um. Empty chairs, and I can't no. sing that. Copyright. Carry on. You make your way uh, <laughs> onwards, and after asking a few directions, you're actually led away from the main mass of the uh, perfume producers, and to a small, slight, not too out of the way, but uh, down a street, a side street, uh, perfumery. It's a little shop with uh, white walls, which is, uh, and you notice that they're actually. Uh, Roses are uh, in a in basket growing in baskets outside the windows, and as you kind of open the door and move in, a little bell sounds, and you can see uh, busying herself with tr- uh, racks of uh, small perfumes, uh, perfume bottles, is a crimson-skinned tiefling. With straight black horns, blank yellow eyes, waves of curled black hair, and is actually wearing a beige grey silk dress. Just a minute. She arranges the perfumes into a rack and sets them on the wall, looks round. Good morning. I'm gonna put my hood down. Oh. Hello. Well, hello there. What's your name? Scamp. Mora. Mora Rose. Hello, Mora. Nice to meet you. Hmm. Of course, no worries at your service. Ah, a pleasure. She gives you a warm smile. Can I interest you uh, in any of my scents today? She gestures to the walls. Feel free to... um, Uncork some and take a sniff if you like. I would like to smell everything, please. 
I kind of want to smell everything as well. (laughs) So uh, she's going to lead you down and... uh, Okay, give me a moment. Uh, Each of you, uh, I would like to roll a d20, please. Okay. Got to roll the giant one that never rolls well. Nine. Sixteen. Fifteen. Okay, 16, 15, and 9. So, she points out, uh, so she's going to go to me. Uh, yes, there we go. So she goes, first of all, to you, uh, Celestia, and you're kind of sniffing one, and it's kind of got a, um, it's an interesting scent to it. It's a little bit of a strong, spicy scent, but with an undertone of um curiously enough almost like a little bit of almost like a little bit sweet but a little bit brimstoney and just a floral scent that you can't quite place she smiles ah yes that one we call the uh, platinum dragon's breath Uh, it's a very popular one and it's amazing uh, what's in it oh well that would be telling but right, it's a secret is it but i can I like tell it you that uh, okay. some of the flowers do are only found on the uh, dragon isles oh. i would like to buy this perfume excellent Thanks, Devon. for you she kind of looks you up and down We'll call that. I go eight red as crown. she looks me up and down. <laughs> Ten, no, eight crowns. Okay, I give her eight crowns. Could Corzin do? I would imagine it would either be an insight check mm-hmm. or a history check, possibly, to determine if there's anything in here that Molly would be likely to go for. Oh, uh, do me an insight check, yeah? Okay, that is a 21. Oh. Hmm. Ah, now that one. And she gestures to a green sort of speckled set of uh, uh, bottles that you're sniffing at. That one, uh, that perfume we call olivine. That, and you kind of give it a sniff. There's a little bit of mint to it, uh, of a, a kind of a slightly minty smell, but there's also something of, uh, it's like a very fresh sort of clover, a little bit of citrus, and um, of all things, just a little bit of something that reminds you of the smell of whiskey. Ah. So it's, it's curious. But yeah, you feel like uh, that one would go well for Molly. How much for this one? It's that one. That is a popular one, but it's not too expensive to make. That one will be uh, five crowns. And you should get at least, oh, at least 150 uses out of it done ah 
and she looks over to the one that you are working, that you're looking at sniffing at uh, Scamp. What would you recommend for a monkey? For a monkey? Hmm. Well, I was looking at the cake sprinkle ones you were looking at. But, uh, this is uh, cake sprinkles? Take a sniff. And there is, curiously, these ones have a sort of, almost like a bit of a vanilla sponge sort of sniff oh, to them. Oh, it smells like cake. And a little bit of a sweetness. And actually, there's a little like bit of cinnamon kind of smell to uh... them. But for a monkey hmm, that would smell good in a monkey or that a monkey would enjoy? Um, well, Jeffrey already smells good. <laughs> oh, I see. Um, so either or both? Hmm, thanks for a moment. Taps a long... Uh, delicate finger against her chin. You can see that her uh, nails are the same black as her hair. I am thinking something... Ah, here we go. Here we... Uh, she reaches round and uh, runs her fingers over some of the uh, pictures until she picks out a... Group, uh, a handful of bottles. Yes, had some trouble with the spices on this one, but this should work after a little bit of tr of difficulty. Here we go. She uncorks it, and there is a butterscotchy, nutty mm. kind of scent to it. Uh, yeah, it's kind of a, but there's also just a, a little bit of a tang that you can't quite place and yeah it's it's, it's, a, it's an interesting one Our spice is usually troubling they can be sometimes the guards have difficulty with the spices but uh i have my ways around them and it's well worth taking the time imagine you do but uh this <clears throat> one would work out for your dear Jeffrey, I think. Sorry, do you actually name Jeffrey? Yeah, yes, did, did we say that? Yeah, I did, so, I did so, say so Jeffrey. Did say is, yeah. Excellent. She's not telepathic. <laughs> <laughs> no, and for such an adorable monkey, call it four crowns as well. Um, can I have the cake one too, please? How much is that? <laughs> I'll throw that in for one more just because she reaches out to pauses for a moment to see if you're alright with her ruffling your hair yes okay ruffles your hair just one more then she here you go hmm. new to town yeah yes. we brought in yesterday ah it's a troubling time yeah, although you seem to be fine. Well, I've been here a while and I know how to keep myself, well, keep trouble away from me. She smiles a little. There's a little sadness to it, but she return, uh, but she does look right. And uh, how does one get into perfumes? 
Oh, bit of a family trade at times, but I was um, taught it by an old friend long ago who, well, noticed I had the nose for it, let's say. Sorry, just being nosy. No, no, no. Nosy is uh, quite a useful skill here. <laughs> <laughs> so, can I interest you in anything else? Yes, what yeah. else were we doing? Um, Information. Yes. Ah. Um, we are actually here for a reason that isn't perfume. The other type um, of nosy. <laughs> she, she glides back behind the counter, reaches down, you hear the click of a lock, and she takes out a small black book, as well as a gold-nimmed fountain pen. She opens it up, to, makes a couple of quick notes. What are you looking for? Um, we're looking to talk to Bishop Jean-Luc Soucoline. Makes a small note. Jean-Luc Soucoline. Yes, I think I know. Where you can find him. Hmm. Mm-hmm. She think taps her the pen against her cheek for a moment. Well, since you've bought some perfumes already, let's see what I can do. I do believe the bishop takes his lunch in the western district. Now, you want to go... Ah, yes. You want to go to the Mad Marquis. The Mad Marquis? Hmm. Well, that does sound exciting. It's a townhouse that used to belong to, uh... Well, the aforementioned Marquis. No, not like a tent. No. I think (laughs) like a crazy tent. (laughs) (laughs) No, rather a Marquis in the sense of someone who... Like a title. Indeed. I um, believe the story is that years and years ago, before my time, he went mad in that house and strangled all of his staff and then killed himself. It's so much less fun than a crazy tent, isn't it? Indeed. <laughs> I but thought they we were do... going to the circus. Yeah. <laughs> but they do do a very good lunch. Oh, that's nice. <laughs> the, um... Yes. No, do, um... Do his, say hello to Hans. He runs the Marquis these days, and he'll be able to point Jean-Luc out for you. Should we tell him you sent us? We're old friends, sure. Okay. Is there anything else you'd like to know? Um, actually, personal question... If a little personal, I hope you don't mind. Um, she nods. How are things for tieflings here? Who aren't me? Not fantastic. I look after the ones closer to me, and there are some families, but they're not generally as well placed as I am. We look after our own, but, and if you're. And if Scamp here, if you need somewhere to stay, I'm sure I can find somewhere. But 
We're not as uh, many as you might fight, as I hear there are over in uh, Horn Alley over in Alessand. Yeah, we're familiar with that. She nods a little. Not Perhaps not the best place for us, if you don't have the connections. That must have taken some doing. She nods. Well, I have friends who protect their own. That seems fair. Shrugs a little. Um, anyone else got any other questions? Um, no, really at this point, no. Maybe just directions to that other um, eating restaurant we were needed to go oh, the to. Brisket. Oh, the brisket. Well, why the fuck? Easy. Hang on, out of character. Why were we looking for that? I'm getting my place. Because that's where up. the sculptor is. That's where the sculptor well, is. Well, that's where Valdrina is. Yes. Yes. Oh, the also brisket. the brisket. Any information you have about where that is and uh, what no, absolutely. those people might be doing there? The best. Uh, I don't know if you mentioned the sculptor out loud or not. Uh, we heard there might be somebody quite important in on business. Hmm. Many people... I oh. fiddle with the sculpture. Let's sit for a moment. Makes a small note in her book. Interesting. Thank you. She reaches out, looks over the shelves, runs her fingers along, and picks up two more uh, perfumes which she just places in your just pops down next to you Celestia hmm? for the information on oh. who's staying there thank if, um, that could not be from us if anyone asked that would be oh, really helpful I don't really mention I don't keep a track of where the information comes from but it's worth knowing for the sake of knowing. Now, um, the brisket, you want to go to the inner city. It's the, f well, it's primarily a restaurant, but they do have a penthouse suite above, which I believe they rent out. And, uh, well, it's where you might say the creme de la creme like to go. A uh, very popular Haunt, I believe, with the, with some of the clergy, and I. She looks down for a moment. Taps her the side of her face. There is perhaps a dinner reservation that might be of interest to you. Mm -hmm. Do you have um? Another interesting little rumour or anything like that that you're aware of that you might be willing to trade? Hmm. Someone high profile. I should say is the, res the reservation is for. Yeah. Trying to think if there's anything we can trade to, yeah. Um, There's always money. Oh, we've got some of that. <laughs> she select. She says, um, 
Thanks for remembering. Picks up three more of the uh, perfumes. You now have just a stack of perfumes. I think you'll like these, but I will say five crowns each for those ones. Of course. So that is 15. Yeah. Cool. Pay a 15 gold. So, 8 p.m. tonight. It's rare that she's in town, but she does, ha as she's been busy on the front and organizing things. But General Marie Honore has oh. a dining reservation at 8 p.m. tonight at the brisket. Good to know. Do with that information as you will. Um, actually, I do have another question. Of course. You seem to be a person that knows things. It's one of my jobs, yes. I don't suppose you've heard anything about any other drow in town? I mean... Apart from the... I mean, not just the Avangard. Hmm. Although any information about exactly what they're doing wouldn't be a bad thing either. She, uh, taps her fingers along the ground... along the way for a moment. What level of depth of information are you after? Detailed as you can. Thanks for a moment. One moment. Let me... In particular... I'll get uh, something from the back. She steps into the back room for a few moments. Returns uh, with something a little straight. She has a very, very thin glass file, which it's actually basically it's like a little eyedropper. This is um, a little rare, but might be of interest. It's a there's only a dose in here, but it does something of a collector's item mm -hmm. and does go for a fair rate. It's, I've been, t I am assured that while the scent is there, and I'm afraid it really does only last for half a minute or so, just long enough for one person to get a good whiff, as it were, the person who wears it will find themselves very suggestible. Hmm. Oh. This would be... I do like you, and we have done a fair bit of business. <laughs> Seven tea crowns uh -huh. for as much as I can tell you. Um, and of course, the perfume. Any high up now that are not the Ebengard in town is the information that I want. Also, yes, any information about what the Ebengard are doing. There are. Just to clarify before yes. I accept. Okay, I can give you that information. Yes. There are some. All right. She, she holds out the uh, little drill. It's basically is a so you have the suggestive perfume, mm -hmm. uh, which is essentially a one-use suggestion spell and a potion. Mm -hmm. 
Uh, anyone can apply it to themselves, and a, the first and a target of their choice within the next thirty seconds that gets within ten feet because they have to be close enough to smell it mm -hmm. uh, will become responsive, and you can make a suggestion to them as the suggestion spell. They get a there is a DC fifteen uh, wisdom save to resist. I hold out with you. Do either of you want this? I'm uh, kind of good. Well, it might be uh, useful in some other business that we are going to be conducting here in town. Yeah, but I mean, I, I can kind of do this already. Yeah, but ah. you, can you do it without people spotting you're doing it? I this suppose not necessarily. Subtle. This is subtle. Putting on perfumes, not wildly specific, not wildly um, suspicious, is it? Yeah, no. but it would be weird if Mia Corzin did it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I don't think it would be quite as conspicuous if, uh, if you were the one doing it. Okay, I'll keep it. Magical aftershave. Um, <laughs> I've written it down as suggestion yeah. perfume. Cool. <laughs> Just mark DC fifteen. I have done. To it. Yeah. Thank you. All right. Slightly lower DC than my information. Spell, but... uh, let me think. So. Ah, yes. So, first of all, there are at least two significant drow in town. Uh, who... Two significant drow in town who are connected to the Open Guard, but not directly part of it in the same way. Mind one of them is much more well known than the other. Mm -hmm. The first is a drow noble by the name of Lady Quilena. She's taken on a position in the palace, advising the Duchess, and directly, uh, well, overseeing the local contingent of the Ebon Guard. Under, uh, under their well, over I should say their current leader, uh, Captain Lothella, who is the head of this unit. Now the unit has been split up, so f that fifty of them remain on duty in the uh, palace, while the remainder are deployed to points on the front. Well, they have been showing quite a lot of success. Now, the other individual is a male drow whose name is not known, but who has acquired a reputation and is most likely what the superstitious on the front are starting to call the wraith. A highly skilled sniper and assassin who has been making their way through the. actually through the royalist lines, taking out key targets. They have had a significant impact on pushing the front back, especially by taking out leadership in moments before advances take place. So he's been pushing 
the royalist front back. Indeed. And people have noticed? They know that the the belief on the side of the royalist is that the National Guard have have acquired an elite sniper and assassin. However, he there I have through my sources noticed this figure appear within Vontion itself on occasion before, and I believe that he has a squad of accomplices including two drow, two halflings, and a human. Okay. All of whom seem to be skilled in in subterfuge and deception to some degree. They appear to be competent fighters at range, close up, and with a variety of weapons. Now, part of the reason I know this is that the Ebon Guard appear to have a connection to him, as on multiple occasions we have seen caught sight of the drow members of his party exchanging information with members of the Ebon Guard. But as far as the royalists are concerned, they haven't worked that out. She nods. Okay. The Ebon Guard are moved here Shortly before the Civil War really began to break out in earnest, after they were expelled from the Mirrored Palace, mm. where they found new employment under their same, technically under their same contract with the Duchess of Vendion. The position of the Ebon Guard is that their government, their contract is with the legitimate government of Sue. At the moment, that is the king. Okay. And it seems that they're... Even though it was the king that uh, ordered them to leave? He ordered them to leave the palace. They have interpreted that to mean getting out of his sight. And when the... When the then Colonel, now General Honore, sent a request for support, the they interpreted that as a request to come enjoy the comforts that could be provided here in Vondion. Hmm. Regardless, they are still being paid, albeit out of the Royalist Alliance's funds. Oh, private funds. Well, Rather the war the chest, if you will. Hmm. What they're using to pay the army. Okay. Mm. But the king doesn't actually know this is happening. That's interesting. Whether the king knows or not depends on what access to information the king has. Yeah. Probably not a great deal right now. I'd imagine not. No. Well. She taps her the pen against her cheek for a moment, trying to think of anything else. How 
How did she end up as the advisor? How did that happen? She came down with the Ebengard contingent when they arrived and introduced herself as a liaison from the Underdark who was uh. interested in maintaining good relations with the new with the legitimate government and who obviously had sway with the Ebengard. Right. That makes sense. Her position is officially one or is officially one amb- ambassadorial, although her credentials are somewhat doubtful as to whether she speaks for the Ari- for the Empress Ariadne. Most likely she represents a powerful house with an interest in intervening one of the forty families. She told them she represents the Empress Ariadne. No, not directly. But she has suggested her position. But she has insisted on being considered a liaison for interested parties down below. Mm. Mm. Why are they so interested? And what does what does the the wraith gain by playing both sides? Do you know? I suspect if the two are connected, it manoeuvres them into a position where the Ebon Guard are looking, well, smelling like roses. You see, they, unlike the rest of the mundane troops, have been having uh, a string of almost unqualified successes. Ah. Hmm. Uh. And yet, despite their their actions, the main line has continued to be pushed back. Mm. I might advise you that if things continue the way they are, you may wish to be out of Ondion by the end of the week. Why? Because the front's being pushed back. So there'll be conflict here? She nods. I mean, we can hear the guns now. They're not that far away. Yeah. Will you be okay? I'll be fine. I have a way out, and for those who I take with me. Okay. If you need help, though, let me know. She smiles warmly. Money and information buy a lot of help already. And but, um, with all due respect, you're young. You can see you have some adults to help look after you, but you should focus on keeping yourself safe, little one. I'm not very good at that. <laughs> you managed yeah. thus far. Well, <laughs> if, um... If you end up leaving and you want some people in a town, um, it's a very nice family called the Grimanis. They're in Horn Alley. Very sweet. Not a little. Makes a note. Mentioned us to them. All right. They're friends. Just in case you end up lonely anywhere. Not a problem. Unless there's anything else, uh, 
I imagine you'll want to head over to the Marquis. Yeah, yeah, I should. Enjoy your perfumes. Thank you. Thank you. Fantastic dress, by the way. Thank you. The... You seem to have a bit of an eclectic arrangement yourself, but I can see where you're going with some of it. (laughs) Usually prefer to be a bit flashier. (laughs) Ah, I can see how that would suit you, my dear. We should probably... Probably head, shouldn't we? Of course. Yeah. Lovely to meet you. Safe travels. Enjoy the perfumes. Will do. Thank you. And as you make your way out and up towards the West End to uh, in search of the Mad Marquis, we are going to take a break, and we're going to find out about that after these, no doubt important, messages. If you like Flintlocks and Fireballs, you can listen to us through the free, easy-to-use app Podcoin and get paid to listen to our podcast and every other podcast. When you listen to a podcast through the platform, you'll get Podcoin. You can spend Podcoin on Amazon or Starbucks gift cards, or you can just donate it all to charity, which is what we do. If you listen to podcasts anyway, do it through Podcoin, and you can help out someone else at no cost to yourself. So... Download the Podcoin app on iPhone or through the App Store on Android, and you'll get 300 Podcoin off the bat with the invite code FLITLOCKS. Podcoin. It's the podcast player that pays. And now a word from our friends over at ChasmQuest. Hi, we're ChasmQuest. Come with us as we voyage across the Chasm Sea and into a heroic adventure into a new world. The quest is dangerous. I want to ride that sword down his body like you just like split him in half. Mysterious. There's something about the new lens. There's nothing that can prepare us for what's to come. And very, very rowdy. We lick each other's nostrils. <laughs> Listen to Chasm Quest all one word. Everywhere podcasts are streamed. Now. Let's set sail. Hello, and welcome to the Pointed Tale. Perhaps you'd like to try out some of our scents. We have the Starry Night, the Sunken Silver, the Trickster's Milk, even Stardust. And while you're here, do make sure to like, rate, share, and subscribe to Flintlocks and Fireballs. I'll know if you do. And welcome back. You fairly quickly make your way towards the west end of Vondion, and following the directions that you're given, you find yourself at what looks to be an old, quite well-off, rather nice townhouse, uh, with a bright, uh, which has been painted, uh, which has been done up uh, with a sort of pale pinkish exterior uh, to the brick. Uh, you can see that at one point, uh, that uh, at one point it was a very nice townhouse, and it still is. Although uh, someone has someone has ha- uh, has painted uh, for the uh, for the uh, tavern sign a cheerful-looking figure in full courtly dress, white wig, uh, made-up face with a, 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 a made-up white face, doing a merry jig. Uh, with their eyes slightly agog, uh, in a kind of, in a sort of like slightly cockeyed sort of way. 
which is a much more cheerful Mad Marquis than, you know, strangled all of your staff and then yourself. Yeah. How do you uh, strangle yourself? You can't. It's physically impossible, but you can hang yourself. Oh. That would make a lot more sense. <laughs> yes. <laughs> People have tried. You, it when, you, when, you, yeah. when you pass out, your hands let go. Also, usually instinct yes. stops you <laughs> doing that sort of thing. Horrible. Uh, so, yes. But, yes, the fellow in question does appear to have been human at some point. Uh, but as you push your way in, you can see that uh, in this sort of... Let it, uh, it's kind of mid-afternoon at this point. Uh, there are a number of reasonably well-off-looking individuals. Uh, not terribly well-off, but kind of white-collar, as it were, type workers. Maybe some lawyers or accountants or, or so on. Eating, drinking, enjoying... Heart, uh, enjoying, well, not hearty pub lunches, because rationing is still in effect, but at least uh, they're, you know, they're at least able to get hold of bread and sometimes a little bit of meat, uh, and certainly alcohol. Uh, there is a... Che- uh, and there is a sort of... Uh, qu- uh, of a um, convivial atmosphere to, uh, to the place, uh, even in spite of the uh, looming front of war. Uh, you do see at the uh, far end, near the bar, there is a male orc with yellow-brown skin and quite prominent tusks uh, who is busy polishing some tankards. Anyone who could look like a bishop? Give me... Uh, give me an... I want to say an insight check here. Mm, I thought maybe insight. Yeah. Because no one's Nobody wearing here, like obviously you know, in a cassock or something. Yeah, no one, <laughs> no one's wearing like a bishop's meter or anything. Uh, give me a second. I'm pretty sure that's terrible, but yeah, that's uh, a whole twelve. Um, so yeah. Everyone here looks like a reasonably well-to-do middle-class professional. We really should have asked her for a physical description, shouldn't we? Yeah. Um, this might sound dumb, but do we know that it's an actual bishop? Nope. Not some sort of just, like, joke. Oh, like a fancy moniker or something. Yeah. Well, you have a point. I mean, he does have a lot of power. So I had assumed it was a bishop. Well, it's someone who can introduce us. It's not necessarily... True. Mm. I mean, I could do some looking in some heads. Or we could ask someone. Might not be a bad yeah. idea, but if, if they are a bishop, then they're, they're more than likely going to be able to see you doing it. Oh, uh, very true. I can be subtler if I need to. Let's ask first. Mm. That's more intelligent. Let's not jump to invading people's graves. <laughs> no, yeah. probably not the best first course of action. Is, is, it, is it bad to be asking after him? Is that suspicious? That's what I was thinking. I don't know. We don't know anything about him. Fuck it. Should we just ask at the bar? Yeah. Okay. You come. You walk up, and the orc at the bar just kind of looks up. Yeah. How? What can I do for you? Um. And what do you two want? Milk, please. Yeah. I can get you some milk. Uh, have a whiskey. And I'll get you a whiskey. And yourself, uh, and yourself, sir? You got any uh, dark rum? Sir, see what I can do. Thank you very much. 
will be uh, silver for the lot. Great. Yeah. It fixes you your drinks. Thank you. Much obliged. No worries. Um, bit of an odd question, but I don't suppose you know if um Bishop Sukolin's about. You've got business with him. That's all this possible, but you mind if I ask who's asking? Um, yeah. I look at the other two. <laughs> Some uh, people who were interested in being put in touch with some of his colleagues. Cousin, make a persuasion check. Okay. Okay, that is... Oh, get this, guys. Oh, no, is it like a It's three? a seven. Oh, honey. Oh. <laughs> friends a little bit. Sorry, but, um... I'm afraid that sort of information is something I really do for friends, so... We are friends. We're, um... We have a peace. And what does that mean? Polishes the tankard. We'd like there to be less fighting. We're trying to find ways to do that. And we're fairly certain that the bishop is too. We think we have the same interests. Narrows his eyes a little bit. Ah. Oh. Roll me a straight persuasion check, please. Me? Yes. Uh, 18. Friends, remember. Nods to one of the private booths. Yeah, that's the one you want. Thank you. Enjoy your whiskey. Thank you very much. As you nod, he moves over to deal with other patrons. The uh, corner booth, the booth that he is nodded to, uh, has a halfling uh, in it, sitting up in one of the high halfling seats. Uh, he would be a halfling with a superline. There we go. Yeah. Uh, with a, he has short red hair, green eyes, freckles, and uh, even sort of tucking in, uh, dipping uh, his bread into the thin beef stew he has, uh, has seems to have a bit of a cheerful, a bit of a, a sort of optimistic attitude. There's a bit of a grin as he's sort of humming to himself. And uh, he's not wearing the uh, official boat robes of a bishop. He's just wearing a waistcoat, cravat, and culottes. Mm. And seems to be just heartily enjoying lunch. Right, well, here goes nothing, I suppose. Um, guess we walk up to him. Yeah. Hello. Hello! Hi, um, do you have a moment? We've got some business we'd like to talk to you about. Ah, uh, I suppose so. Um, have a seat. Thank you. So you'd be a Bishop Sukolin, yes? <laughs> uh, 
Yes, yes, I would. Uh, uh, <laughs> yes, uh, yes, I would. Uh, 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 Jean, Jean Luc, please. And uh, uh, you are yourselves. Uh, it's nice to see Stardust. Nice to meet you. That is a mouthful. <laughs> uh, and you, sir? Uh, and Jorge. And he is from the uh, under the um, hood and raises his eyebrows. And you. Scamp. Well, Hello. what can I do for you? Um, we're looking to talk to Cardinal Victory Delacroix, Marie Honoré, Lucetta de Vonge, any of those people, really. You just want to speak with the uh, <laughs> heads of the alliance, do you? Yep. Yes. I'll um. I'll be frank. We've been sent here by the assembly. Keep it down. You see, he he looks forward I a little was. bit more. <laughs> okay. In character, I oh, was. Oh yeah, yeah. No, yeah. I know you were. But just like even so, he sort of leans forward. Keep it down, okay? Okay. Um. We've been sent to negotiate a peace treaty. We want the fighting to end. We were told you might too. We we're hoping you might help us out. Not at all. Thanks. We're not here for any violence. Jean-Paul said, said he might be sending someone. Uh, I have to say, I was not expecting uh, such an uh, unorthodox party. Had a problem. Well, you uh, hardly look like ambassadors. Would people who look like ambassadors have got this far? True. True. Good point. He asked us. Yeah. Yeah, fine. Don't know why you're being so hostile. <laughs> I'm on your side here. Well, to a degree. I'm on the side of the... Anyway, what this is... What side are you on, exactly? He takes a cheese and his bread from him. I'm on the side of Sul. Thank you very much. And I'm on the side of uh, trying to get through three years of the worst harvests we've had. A time of absolute bankruptcy, the collapse of our na of our army, our navy being destroyed by the orcs, and uh, an out-and-out constitutional crisis. And I'd like to do it with as few people dying as possible. Sounds pretty ideal, to be honest. Hmm. You sound actually not biased. <laughs> he shakes his head a little bit. Everyone is biased. Even me. He chooses... Uh, his bread. Even you. Oh, yeah. But, he waves his hand a little bit. It is what it is. Alright, so you've been, so you want a meeting? Yes. Okay. Preferably without being killed in the process. <laughs> we do Fine. have credentials for the right people. You're going to need them. Alright. I've done uh, a fair bit of politics in my time. You don't get to be a bishop unless you can. Oh, well, that and uh, one other requirement. He sort of um, flicks his fingers a little bit and uh, Celestian calls him a previously invisible uh, spirit appears 
along his arm, which looks like a long kind of blue and pink uh, sort of mink for a moment. That's Nuzzle. a neat trick. <laughs> mm. Yeah, I won't go invisible for anything. I stir the rainbow spirit about. Yeah, looks like it is. Adios. That's not surprising. <laughs> Give him a mid that one. Yeah. Nods to Corzins. Yours good with training. Well, not training. They're not beasts, but um, if they wanted to, they could. A lot of uh, the uh, clerics uh, learn that learn how to um, request that our companions uh, keep a lower profile, as its uses. Hmm. You're never going to keep a low profile, are you? Look at the rainbow spirit. <laughs> The rainbow spirit crackles with little multicolored flame for a moment. Uh, thought not. Hmm. sort of looks uh, quizzically at the um, uh, the ambivalent octopus. The ambivalent <laughs> octopus seems to consider it for a moment. Eh. Shrugs. <laughs> I love it so much. <laughs> the uh, skip. Uh, the little mink tilts its head a little bit, the two, and then fades away. Still. All right. Politics. You've got it on the head. There's three parts to this alliance. You're going to need... Um, if you want to try and force this treaty through, you're going to need the... Uh, well, really, you should get the support of all three, but mm -hmm. you need the support of at least two. Mm -hmm. And uh, the acceptance if not the support of the third now um I suppose we wouldn't be able to talk to them all together would we you could if but um i'm going to be very blunt if you can do the nobility the duchess in particular has the largest pull if you want to get um, all of, if you want to get this uh, treaty you've come to negotiate through, you'll find it easier to pressure the nobility if you have the church and the army on your side already, mm -hmm. because they have the most uh, to lose, Great. or perhaps the most to gain if you look at it another way. Regardless, they're not the most that are, they are the uh, least happy with the current arrangement. Having support for a treaty from the other two will put you in a position where um, they will feel a certain social pressure. Mm -hmm. Of course, if you can't convince one of either one of us, either my people, the judge, or uh, Marie, then. Uh, you are not then you will have to get the aristocracy on side if you Without. want to convince them I mean are you part of getting the church on side are you one of the people we need to talk to the person the people you need to talk to yes I'll bring I can arrange a meeting with a sort of official and official meeting I have a, a couple of uh, reservations I can make, pull some strings. There's a uh, restaurant, uh, the Brisket. Yes. Mm. Mm. So, 
I can, what I can do is I can uh, shuffle around the Cardinal's dinner date and uh, inform them that we're going to have some extra guests. Now, Cardinal Victory and uh, Archbishop, uh, Cardinal Victory de la Croix and Archbishop Scarlett de Pont uh, are both due for a day. Uh, for dinner with me anyway at the brisket so I will fold you into that mm -hmm. that will be at uh, about 7 30 tonight so that's Duchess de Vond. no that is Cardinal Victory Cardinal cool and also uh, the Archbishop Archbishop Lovely. Scarlet so that would be effectively the church. the church that will be your first meeting after that, I'm a, I have a friend to help uh, organize the general's schedule. I am aware that she will be having her own dinner uh, at 8. We may have to slightly ambush her, uh, but with the cardinal, uh, it'll be easier if, we, if you can get the cardinal on side. Mm -hmm. um, we can go and address uh, her and you can have a meeting there. If you once those are done, I can arrange uh, an audience. Mm -hmm. I think it will have to be. Uh, time is of the essence. The front is getting closer, so let's yeah. try and do it tonight. I will see if I can arrange a ten o'clock uh, audience with the Duchess. That would be. Wonderful. This will be a formal audience, so bring your papers. Okay. Now, provided you have managed to get the other two on side, then I imagine the Cardinal and the General will come with you. If you've not, you may be on your own there. Mm -hmm. the, uh, the Duchess is... Duchess Lucetta. She is driven. She is very much uh, focused on achieving what she reviews to be the best for her people. I give you my warning about that. The others who will be with her, Comte, uh, the Comte du Benemont, uh, I believe he used to run a newspaper, and uh, the Duchesse de Salière, a lady by the name of uh, Catherine de Berg, uh, will most likely be in attendance as well. They are um, powerful individuals who are uh, perhaps more interested in the concerns of their uh peers of the rich of their peers there are many forms of the rich some of them support your assembly okay but put his hand to one side we'll arrange those and make sure that they are set up for your meetings if you have questions now I can answer some of them. Otherwise, we will prepare. I will prepare those uh, ahead of time. Any questions? Mm. Ah, I would advise you if you can uh, do dress up for the brisket. Mm. 
Okay. Right. Uh, he looks to you, cousin. I can lend you something from my wardrobe. That would be appreciated. You seem something of a pragmatist with all of this. I am I to take it that you are in favor of peace, however that may be achieved. I am aware that the war is not going so well as uh, some people would like. And I am aware that it is only a matter of time before outside forces decide to engage in a liberation and maybe take some of the more disputed lands on the northern heart, uh, uh, borders for themselves in the process. Either way, there will be a great loss of life. Yeah. That's what we're trying to prevent. The Regent teaches us to look after our fellow people. Sometimes good people disagree on the best way to do that. But for our disagreements, some of us are still good people. We've seen living proof of this. Sort of finishes off his heel of bread. Hmm. Anything else we should know about any of these people? Any real no-goes for anybody? Taps for a moment and thinks. Alright. I'll talk to the people I know about. I don't know General Honore particularly well. I know that uh, she was, um, I believe she is the uh, third child of uh, one of the uh, lesser comtes, so I cannot remember exactly which one. She doesn't talk much about her family and she's not a very social person anyway. Uh, but. She has the respect of her officers and her soldiers. She is uh, effectively a war hero. Hmm. Right. Right. I know that uh, she can be a little prickly and uh, she's very much focused on business. <laughs> she was... Thanks for a moment. She was um, the one of the... To a degree, I believe she was the personal protégé of General Fernald and was very distraught uh, about his uh, death. Mm-hmm. Uh, let me think. I'll go, I don't know much more than that. Uh, I know she has been dealing with things towards the front and has returned essentially to liaise with the Duchess before uh, returning. So she should not. She will not be here for long. Now. Uh, the Cardinal, the Cardinal is what I would also call a pragmatist to a degree. A what? A pragmatist. Pragmatist. She is aware of the realistic limitations of the world, but she is devout, as any good uh, Cardinal should be. She very much cares for the teachings of the regent and for the power of the mother church mm-hmm. between you and me i believe one day she has ambitions to perhaps becoming the holy mother 
when mm. the oh, wow. present holy mother should uh, pass from this mortal coil to be close to the mm. regent. But that's a politics thing. Regardless, I will say that she is very experienced. She is savvy. She is very known as being particularly good at uh, sniffing out deceptions. Mm -hmm. So you may do, do best dealing forthrightly with her. The Archbishop Scolet is... Uh, he pinches the bridge of his nose a little. I hesitate to use the word fanatic. She is extremely devout, but she does care a certain amount of the... Um, about the letter of the scripture. Ah. She... If you can make a good uh, religious argument, whether that is theological or by drawing upon scripture, uh, it looks to you causing... I feel like... Uh, no offense, but the gestures to all of you... I suspect Hi. you might have a better understanding of the doctrinal scriptures and gestures uh, to Celestia. And You're fine. I mean, how much church time did you get? They wouldn't let me in. Hmm. My apologies. Everyone should know the word of the, of the regent. So, uh, that is the advice I can give you on Scarlet. Very focused would your arguments for her with a religious bench rather than a secular one and you'll do well thank you it's very helpful as for the nobles Jeffrey is Jeffrey <laughs> ah come to Benemont oh no Jeffrey du Benemont oh no <laughs> is that the monkey <clears throat> His name is Jeffrey. <laughs> he looks at your pack. It's like the, the sound. Maybe of... just maybe just don't mention Jeffrey Sounds while familiar. we're talking to the nobleman. It's also called <laughs> Jeffrey, just in case he thinks it's a joke. Just I'll don't ask... say it while we're in there. I'll ask friend to look after Jeffrey. Okay, <laughs> I am not going to touch this with the barge pole. So, <laughs> oh, you and me both, darling. Uh, the come to Benamont is. Is what you would call a fool. A fool? How so? When I say fool, I mean it in the uh, very classical sense. Like he jokes, he laughs, he tell, and he plays uh, an idiot. Mm. Is that to disguise the fact he's actually very savvy? Well, he ran a newspaper for years. Mm. Mm. I see. Good way to be if you run a newspaper, actually. Watch that one carefully. He is... Um, he, he will go... He's a, what you might call a weathercock. A weather veil. He will uh, go with where he thinks he will get the most support. Yeah. Whichever way the wind's blowing. Or whichever Indeed. way he thinks the wind is blowing. Just realised that I have no reason to know what a weather vane is, do I? No, no wind, no wind down below. Um, so sorry, not from round here. What weather vane? He'll uh, um, he'll agree with whoever he thinks is going to win. 
basically... Uh, Don't get the analogy, but I understand what that means. When you Great. want to know where the wind is blowing, you get uh, you put up a little uh, sort of metal uh, fan which points in the sky. Usually we put cocks on because it's funny. What, like dicks? Or no, 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 cockerels. Cockerels. But we make the jokes about dicks. Picturing something quite different. Okay, well, I'll I'll point one out to you next time we see one. There's, we passed like half a dozen on the way here. Yeah, great. Mm. Well, I've learnt something today. Uh, anyway, passing over with the veins. Indeed. Uh, so, Catherine de Berg. Catherine is the opposite of Geoffrey. Okay. She actually is a... I should not speak too ill of the nobility, but I think she is a bit of a... A bitch? Stuffed shirt, I think mm. is the phrase. Um, she is old. She is well connected. She is very well respected. And she is sometimes a little deluded as to whether, uh, as to what degree her opinions and beliefs actually intersect with the truth. How much of a stick up her arse does she have? <sighs> She is very keen on protocol. She is very keen on the idea of respect and the nobility having their place and people in their places. She is also pro she is also susceptible to flattery because of it. So we're talking more okay. um, broom handle rather than ship's mast, all right? As you were, indeed. Uh... Flattery with Catherine de Berg, the Duchess de Celia, is a bit like... Uh, I've heard one of her courtiers once remarks that uh, the best way to apply flattery to her is uh, as you would mortar to a brick, with <laughs> a trowel and thickly. <laughs> <laughs> okay. No need to be supple, then. Not with her, but... Um, with the others, yes. That will not work with the Duchess de Vont. Mm -hmm. Devond is charismatic, mm -hmm. but it's not in the ways that Jeffrey uh, will try to be. Not uh, with smiles and cheerful and jollying the way you think of charisma. She has a presence to her. And she is, she is dangerous because she cares. Who she does ca she care about? She cares about Von Dion. Von Dion in particular, not Sewell. Oh, Sewell is part of it. But she is uh, what you might call an old breed of nobility. One of the ones who, there's uh, the old... Uh, as I said in Old Sulian, uh, there's an idea of noblesse oblige, uh, that uh, the nobility have a responsibility to look after those that are under their care. Mm -hmm. She relies to a degree upon the support of the other nobles, but she's one of the few people I've ever seen to actually take that ideal very seriously. So she does in some way care about the uh, the well-being of the common people but feels that it's her duty as a member of the nobility much. 
but I would say that she cares more about the people as a whole than individual people. Mm -hmm. She will do whatever she feels will benefit Von Dion as a whole. Which means I have seen her order the quarantine of three streets of people led to die by an expected plague because she believed it would not, uh, because she was certain it would not spread to the rest of the city. Okay. She is not a, she is not kind, but she cares. And she tries. She tries, but um, she is very much aware, but she sees herself as the guide and protector of her people. Does she have any family? Ah, uh, indeed. Uh, the Devons have uh, uh, have been uh, ruling the Vondian for centuries. Of course, it's a very respected old line. Of course. Hmm. I mean, uh, most of them are in the palace. Hmm. Fair enough. Or those that, uh, well... Didn't a lot of them die at one point? Or am I getting mad? That was, uh... I, could be I mean, that was the big... There was a fire, but you're talking 300 years ago? Alright. Something like that, when, when the original main line of the Devons took over, and the current line, which was originally a cadet line, uh, took over from the main fam branch of the family. Ah, right. So that was a long time ago. That's what I'm thinking of. That's all. I mean, yeah, I thought I heard something... That's some pretty obscure history. I'm surprised you know that, given the um, gestures again to you, Celestia. Uh, information travels weirdly. Sometimes we get things years and years later. Shrugs. You seem to take that at face value. Yeah. But no. That, uh, that would be the best advice I can give you on those people. I know the most about, obviously, the people I spend the most time with. Marie is a bit of a... a little bit opaque to me. But... That's the best I can give you as far as the character of the people you need to talk to are. That's very mm. helpful, thank you. Very helpful indeed. That's alright. Gives us something to start with. Thank you. It's oh. alright. Anything else or uh No, I think you've given us a good good beginning. Alright. Look, we've paved the way for um, a lasting peace here. Oh, we hope. In that case, uh, oh, gestures to you, um, Cousin. One moment, gets a bit of paper, a little, a little pen, writes a note in it. That's my townhouse. Um, knock on the back door. Go to the servants' entrance. Uh, my valet will. Uh, uh, pass him that note. My valet will make sure he gets you something decent to wear. Much obliged to you. Uh, as for the rest of you, uh, I suppose I could give you the address of, my, of a tailor. I've got stuff. He looks to scamp. I've got some things. I've I mean, got a fake beard. Would that help? Kind of raises an 
eyebrow. It makes me look a bit like a dwarf. That's a point, actually. Of all the people you've mentioned, how are they likely to react if they uh, are aware of Scamp's true nature here? Okay, so he just thinks for a moment and rubs his eyes. I'm sorry, but this is a, a factor we have to consider. It is? Okay, are you aware of the, t of the very traditional position that uh, the church took us to the origin of tieflings? Um, literally am I, genuinely, in character. Uh, I think it has been mentioned... It was mentioned when I was not there. Yes. Uh, roll a religion check, because you know the origin of tieflings in That's the Underdark. That's, uh, that would be a one. <laughs> you know that tieflings were spawned uh, for, as uh, the favoured children of the powerful gods that brought that saved your people down uh, when, many thousands of years ago when they fled the Tyrian Empire, uh, and you presume that the tieflings on the surface are also the spawn of I'm powerful gods. I'm not that god. stupid. <laughs> no, this, that's all you know about the origins of tieflings. You uh, only know how they came about, like how they're preached to have come about in the Underdark. You don't know what the origins are on the surface. Mean, where Can I'm I from, they say that they're the children of favoured gods and helped save our people but I don't think that's what they're like up here from the reception they tend to get right yes uh, okay so um, basically uh, the position of the Regency is that uh, what you call gods uh, aren't gods I know uh, that yes uh, they are lost uh, fragments of the will and uh, some of those lost fragments are uh, Broadly, once upon a time, were referred to as demons, and some of those demons uh, created the tieflings. People suck, don't they? Uh, there may actually be some strong historical evidence towards this. However, that's not their fault. Regardless of our position, uh, there was a time where the church took a stance that just to be safe to kill any tieflings you found to prevent uh, the, influ the demonic influence it was never officially uh, approved by the church but it was sort of taken and Pogroms there was some inquisitions anyway what I'm saying is um, church people I'm not sure how Cardinal Victory would stand, but I'm pretty sure that Archbishop Scarlet would count it as a point against you. Celestia just very obviously writes, racist cunt, to <laughs> the Archbishop in a notebook. Noted? Well, cool. I've it, got uh, some dwarf robes. I don't like doing it, but... It is, is I think... Sorry. Just shit that you have to. Is it not widely known by this point that um, uh, Machimisterson is trying to um, uh, do better for uh, for tieflings in Sulian society? Is trying yeah, to bring. That's, that's not anything to do with the church, though, is it, darling? Interesting. But hmm. they are going to be the representatives of whatever the new government is, aren't they? I if they are. Corzin's foot under the table. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, I don't know. Uh, Newspaper-wise, we get the Vondion Guardian around these parts. Ah. Of course you do. Uh, but I've heard some rumours to that effect. 
I suppose if you wanted to try and play it that way, that's up to you. Uh, I am sure that you will do whatever you think is best. I'm just telling you what you're likely to face. No, it's um, helpful to know who's a dickhead. Uh, relating to which... Okay, so, um, with General Marie, I have no idea, uh, but that's, if you're saying that Misson is making a big point of highlighting tieflings in the army and so on, that would very much put you in his camp, and I'm certain that the pair of them have at least professional, if not personal, rivalry. Mm-hmm. Be aware of that. Uh, Catherine... So, Catherine is likely to be quite condescending, if I'm very blunt, uh, but the Duchess de Salia, uh, I believe, I'm not sure if she's ever seen a tiefling before, and if she has, she very much associates them with being, uh, I, I imagine, beggars and thieves and such. Oh, people are shit, aren't they? Welcome to high society. Mm. Oh, I'm familiar. Don't get there, me wrong. I'm familiar with high society bollocks. This is just slightly different than what I'm used to. What can I say? Um, sometimes the cream rises to the top, sometimes the scum does. Shit which, floats. Which <laughs> one was it that you said was that we shouldn't lie to? Or Cardinal be... Victory. Yeah, Cardinal. Right. So that's... Oh... Would they count being in a disguise as a lie? That feels pretty lie to me. I Disguising was... who you are is not generally the best way to um, uh, conduct a negotiation, but it's it a case of... It is if the of... people involved are racist twats. But if they're going to take lying as an offence as well, it's difficult. What I would say, uh, my advice to you is... You may not be able to please everyone. Pick who you do want to get your support from. And it may be worth... I don't know, maybe sometimes... It might be... You're in a difficult position where you want to try to avoid making enemies, but it may be worth losing uh, some... Losing some points with, uh, with some people to gain points with others. I mean, the Cardinal's a bit more important, isn't she? She is, but the Archbishop has influence, or she wouldn't be here. Yeah. So, um, I will push my... I will be pushing for peace as much as I can. And I will do what I can. But... You will need at least the... Something of the assent of one of them, if you get the support of the other. It'll be a harder sell if one of them actually hates you. But you may be... This is the thing. On one way or another, you can do... You, it's, it's going to depend a lot on how you spin things, how you present them, and the positions you take. Mm. Everyone... How, you're gone. Sorry, my apologies. Um, how public... Are these places we're meeting, are they going to be private rooms? Uh, there will be... Uh... Thanks for a moment. 
We are I going can't. to be talking about some sensitive stuff. We are stuff. going to be talking about sensitive stuff. I will, You'd hope so. I will be arranging for private booths, uh, well, private rooms, actually, not private booths, in the brisket. They do cater to that. Uh, and, of course, the formal meeting with the Duchess will be in her court. One other thing. Mm. Are any of the uh, representatives uh, involved in any way with the... Uh, the Ebon Guard that are currently in, in the city. Well, I mean, they're currently under the employee of the Duchess, yes. Right, so are are they likely to have any um, Ebon Guard with them? Most likely is they're on guard duty in the palace. Alright, something oh. just to bear in mind. Mm-hmm. We've heard there's a, a liaison with the Underdark. She likely to be about. Uh, oh, the drow woman. Um, yeah, the Lady Quilena. Yes, that's the name. I haven't interacted with her too much. Um, she mostly stays around the palace, talks with the nobles. I understand she is uh, quite a favourite of uh, Duchess Catherine, but then flattery and trowels. Yeah, makes sense. Um, yes, she spends a fair amount of time. I... Don't I mean if she is around I'm sure she could be she she might make her way to the meeting uh, unless she is otherwise occupied. It would be lovely if she was otherwise occupied. Yeah, if that could be arranged that would be really helpful, but I don't know how much influence you have there. Uh my influence with that part of the court is somewhat limited. My advice to you would be her concern are very focused with looking after the urban guard to a degree, as mm-hmm. well as keeping an eye on the, uh, as well as keeping an eye on the palace. While some things like this, I'm sure, as I suspect, she is meddling on behalf. Well, I know she is meddling on behalf of the underdark. No offense to your people, but this is fair enough. Yeah, Don't politics. Um. In order to draw her attention away from this, because a formal court appointment she is something that if she gets wind of, she'll want to attend, I suspect if something were to happen to draw her attention to the avant-garde, or maybe something or, or some news of greater import to her, that might draw her attention away, and if it could uh, keep her distracted, then maybe the meeting could happen without her. Mm. But I have no idea what that would be, and I do not have the resources to okay. make that happen. Even that helps. You mentioned what the church's official position on tieflings was. What is your personal position on tieflings? Uh, looks between the three of you. We all see Regent's children. Mm. And you're right. We cannot tell how we are born. It was the position of the church many years ago that uh, the influence of the lost fragments of will would uh, would affect tieflings and make them more likely to stray from the path that would bring them close to the regent. And yet... Theologically speaking, there was a fear that they would corrupt others. However, 
and you sort of raise his hand. I take a... I have... Uh, I actually got my doctorate in theological debate. And uh, the position that we took in college was that... Um, they are descended from fragments of will. All of the fragments of will were one part, point part of the will. And this may well be an argument which is more motivated by the fear that the misguided parts the fragments took would drive them away. And yet, surely that would make them, if anything, stronger parts of the children of will than many of uh, those of us who came after. So I had the position that, while perhaps there may be certain influences, it is ultimately up to the individual to walk the path that brings them closer to the regent. So no, uh, I would not exclude tieflings on those grounds. It is what, after all, there are plenty of halflings who walk, who walk the path of the void. And if they are without the influence of errant fragments of will, well, there is no reason to suspect that someone who is born with such an influence could not uh, choose to walk a virtuous path instead. That's a very interesting point. So, your point of view is basically people are people. Ultimately, yes. We all possess free will. The Regent may have their designs for us, and we are free to follow those designs and get closer to the Regent. Or go elsewhere, but... Here's the thing. The Regent's signs are sometimes difficult to follow, as is always the way with the Regent and the Saints. The layers of disruption to the communication especially on a grand scale only the holy mother has as it were a, a direct audience the rest of us have to work through the more subtle signs we are given and so sometimes we misinterpret what we are told so part of finding the path is figuring out where there are genuine signs and where we think they are some does it get boring trying to figure out what may be signs somebody has left for you and not just you know living imagine um climbing a mountain or for you i guess a cliff face down below the side of a cavern whatever you all need to get to the top of the mountain some paths up the mountain are easier than others some paths make sense some of those paths cause you to misstep and potentially fall to your demise sometimes people who have come before or others have left a clear route up some places that route is not so clear and you must make your own way the point is that you keep going to the top and some people find their own ways up the mountain the regent guides us to get to the top of the mountain sometimes how we get there is a little bit um, up to our own choice there can be many paths 
Sometimes climbing the mountain can be drudging, can be drudging worth work. Yes, as it is with climbing a real mountain. Sometimes it can get quite exciting, especially when you have uh, faced choices of which paths you take. But the point is to climb. Hmm. Again, that's another very interesting take on it. Never liked the idea of there being a set path. But I suppose it's not <laughs> not really relevant to our purpose. Just interesting. It is always worth reflecting. But then again, I am a priest. <laughs> sort of your thing. I am... Um, I mean, I've spent my life trying to figure out how to guide people on the path and the path I take myself. Yeah. You're a better priest than I'd be. <laughs> well, you certainly have the support of uh, someone. Nods to the pride spirit. Yeah. I'm lucky that way. Hmm. Well. Otherwise, uh, if you have, uh, well, if you've got some robes that, it looks to scan, if you've got some robes that will do, uh, that are sufficiently fashionable for um, the brisket. I've got these. I've got a rubbish in my bag and pull them out. They're oh. very crumpled. But <laughs> my valet will iron those for you if you want. <laughs> is this the uh, the point where they discover the flowers? Oh, also, yes, it is. Oh, 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 wow. Um, oh, the the booth starts Jeffrey. to smell quite strongly. <laughs> Jeffrey, Jeffrey emerges you... in a mountain of flowers. Um, I'm sorry, my, my monkey's been... been flower picking. That's why my eyes have been fucking streaming all afternoon. And again, I am not going to touch that with a barge pole. There, there are flowers large enough, everywhere. I assure you. <laughs> ah. Fuck's yeah. sake. Well, it is perfuming season. Yeah, I suppose so. Ah, okay. Moving away from Jeffrey's the monkey, I suppose. Uh. <laughs> okay, uh, can you quieten down? We are in the middle of our... Friend, would you... I was going to ask, um, my stuff's quite flashy, is that going to be a problem? I suppose it's how, how you play it. If you think it would pass in a high-class restaurant? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I think it would. I think I look like an eccentric noble or something. Of all of us, it's probably you who's going to have the least trouble. Yeah, I think so. Strange as that may seem. Remember hmm. that with these negotiations, everything you do, everything you wear, every how you act and who you are will be noticed and can be considered, I suppose, to take an argument, uh, weapons or armor in the fight, in a fight of words. Um... Taking a somber dress is a safe choice. Taking something outlandish might win you points with one, may score you against with others. 
it will depend upon who you are talking to. Sometimes the safe choice is not always the best. The, um, I don't think there's anything safe about this. Well, quite. He nods to the... Uh, uh, to the uh, dr- uh, so long as you're wearing something that will get you through the door in the first place, the maitre oh, d... Oh, yeah, will be fine. Well, because, uh, because if you uh, come in something which is not sufficiently oh, presentable, the maitre d' will not let you through the door. Wow. You have a strict dressed, uh, dress code, then. Oh, indeed. Uh, no shoes, no... Uh, uh, no shoes, no shirt. Uh, you're likely to get taken out into the back and beaten. I jest. But really, do come dressed. Um, gestures to the uh, to the dwarf robe. That will be fine. Really, do get my valet to press that for you. And uh. it is up to you what angle you wish to play, whether you come with or without the beard. But wear the robes. They're they're nice. Okay. Basically, don't show up. If, if you show up to a fancy restaurant looking like a street urchin, the urchin they will expect you to come around the back and beg for scraps. Ooh, will I'm that sorry. work? <laughs> I'm co- Probably. They do. <laughs> sorry if that is blunt, but this oh, is the reality yeah. of the circles we are operating in. People are horrible. It's fine. Alright. Unless there is anything else. No, I think I, we're good. I think that's it for now. You've been very helpful. Thank you. Um, ooh. One more, actually, one question. Mm-hmm. The Wraith. Mm. Oh! Um, I've heard uh, some rumours about that. There's a... How desperate are the army for information on him? Well, I'm certain that... Well, I have heard the rumours that the, uh, uh, that the, uh, <laughs> assembly is, uh, soldier, has gotten hold of some sort of elite sniper, or, actually, I've heard it's a squad of snipers, but you're saying it's one. I don't say anything. Well... I think uh, that is information that the general would be very interested in because uh, the whether it is I find it hard to believe it is one, but the squad of snipers which we believe which people are calling Zeroth, yes, they have led a they've been very well positioned in pushing in causing some weaknesses at critical times. Mm-hmm. I had assumed. Looks, you know, it's to cause in that it was a platoon of halflings, but if it's one person, that's terrifying. What made you think that? Because we're halflings, come on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sneaky. I mean that as a compliment. It is. True. Although. It's the way we fight. It's the way we've always fight. It's fine. It's, a, it's an intelligent way to fight. But, um. Fine. If you have credible information, I suspect that the general would be very interested in having that. Okay. Especially, well, one way, if depending on how the 
arrangements come out. So I think she would. Uh, that might be uh, that might be an empty sacrifice on your part if uh, you get the treaty we're after. But it could be a bargaining chip. Indeed. Yeah, that would be my thought. Yeah, wouldn't hurt. Okay, good thought. All right. I think that's it. Thank you. Well, then, that seems to be all the preparations we need for now, uh, yep. at least from my part. I'm going to go arrange some meetings. Uh, we'll go and look more presentable, I guess. Indeed. And I will uh, advise you to turn up a little early if you can. And I will meet and I will bring. Uh, I will have. Uh, I will have uh, Saliere, the maitre d', arrange uh, the private room in advance, tell them to expect you, order whatever you want from the menu. Uh, I suppose I'll cover the cost. And uh, I will meet you at 7.30 with the Cardinal. See you there. And the Archbishop. That's very For kind all of our six, best of luck. Misery to be with you. Thank you. Thank again. you. Gives you a note and for having finished his dinner by this point, stands up, sort of awkwardly, shuffles himself out. <clears throat> Good farewell, and uh, makes his departure. Well, that's certainly given us an, uh, a lot to think about, hasn't it? Anybody else yeah. horrified? Because I'm legitimately horrified. Oh yeah, I just need to like not. So I need to just not be cool for like two seconds here. Um, Take cool. your time. Yeah. Why are we being trusted with this? <laughs> it's kind of crazy. I better not, wear my, I better not uh, wear my fucking codpiece to the meeting, hadn't I? Uh, <laughs> yeah, maybe that not that one. Yeah, probably I think we can probably get away idea. with everything else, but I think that might be just just one thing too far <laughs> to a political, real government people meeting. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just... Sorry. Walk in, put my leg up on the table. Hello. <laughs> I'm here to negotiate. Dave, <laughs> it would be a power move for certain, it, I mean, but I'm not yeah. sure it would go down particularly well. David Bowie shows up to negotiate the Treaty of Versailles. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, basically, that's basically what's happening. I'm going to wear my top with the arrow uh, going down in between my tits. Um, so that's what's happening. Uh, um, uh, Quilena might be there. Can we just talk about that? No, Quilena will not be there. We need to talk to. Yeah, Scotia. we need to do something about that because honestly, besides the fact that legitimately horrifying on many levels, that also means that we really won't have a chance. No, it'll ruin everything. Right, yeah, we have to we'll uh, then contrive a way that means that she is distracted for the uh, duration of the... We talk to the sculptor, we get a favour, we get someone to attack the barracks or interfere with the food or something. Or at least that's... give us a way in, you know? Yeah. We don't even need to do it. It needs to happen at the right time. Yeah, it needs to happen like half an hour before so, we go there, really, doesn't it? So someone else needs to do it, but ideally... <laughs> so somebody else needs to do this thing we won't actually know if she's going to be there until we turn up yeah pretty much <laughs> okay if the worst happens then um then how... we're fucked the treaty is fucked how yeah. long will it take uh before she has the opportunity to get a message back to your family i mean 
just I I don't know. She doesn't but have the ability to uh, use sending, but does she someone have anyone will in, right, in the staff? Okay. She has people, but that's right. kind of not really the. Po I mean, don't get me wrong, that's terrifying. But if she's there, we're, we're not going to be able to do it. It's not going to happen. Just passing over anything personal for a second, she will fuck everything. I'm sure she will, and I'm uh, aware of that. I'm just trying to uh, think that. Yeah. If the worst happens. We I mean, if the worst happens, she can get a message to my family within, you know, ten minutes. Um, and there's a city where there are loads of urban guard everywhere. Then we need an exit strategy. Um, could we get her out of favour by revealing her brother is the one I certainly think problems? that's worth doing. Yeah, that's what I was thinking with the general. Yeah. That might lose her some sway for long enough. Yeah. I mean, <sighs> I can give them a name and tell them why. Because I think it is all to make the Ebon Guard look good. Feels like it, doesn't it? I can't see any other reason. I mean, if there is another reason, you know, it's something none of us know about. Well, that would be enough, wouldn't it? Yeah. If, uh, if the Ebengard looked like a more uh, effective and uh, enticing prospect to the the generals here, they're going to have continued service. The only effective one at the moment. Yeah, it's, a very, um, it's very yeah. much a my mother move. Well, we kind of knew that this was always going to be their uh, their plan. Ultimately, they yeah. were going to be trying to uh, abuse the situation to uh, into their favor. Yeah, yeah. Now I mean, we the Ebengard's reputation how. being hit really would fuck her up. Mm. She wouldn't like that. She's all about reputation and about nobility and what it is and what it means and how oh. it's all bullshit and you have to maintain it. You know. Then I'm quite happy we have the opportunity to um, put another chink in that. I mean, I'm not going to lie, this is really childish, but there's a lot of me that really loves the idea of like just losing favour for the family. Break her toys. Mm, quite so. Fun. She'll murder me because she'll figure out it's me. But, you know, that that wouldn't be a bad way to go, actually. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, let's do that. That sounds fun. So, we tell the general tonight. We talk to the sculptor to, and see if we can get him to do us a favour. Do favor. something, yeah. Um, I need to get my beard fixed. It's a mess. Jeffrey's it is been sleeping on it. I'm sorry <laughs> about the fucking beard thing. People it's, are the worst. It's, it is awful, but... Some things are more important. Yeah, I'm just... So are you going to wear it, then? I think I have to. Alright. What happens is, like, we've got to stop the fighting before it gets here. Yeah. That's fair enough. I, I, I cannot advise you on this, Scamp. It's it's entirely outside of my um, my experience, but whatever decision you make, I'm standing by you. Same here. Same. It's, this is your personal call. 
Um, and either way, we'll play it from that. I just don't want to ruin it. What if that's the thing that ruins it? But what if me not being good enough at pretending to be a dwarf ruins it? I think if she sees through it, we'd be honest about it. Mm. She'll understand why. If she's the pragmatist he's made her out to be, she'll understand that it was a tactical move rather than a... Deliberate deception. Yeah, you know? With malice behind it. In a way, it's a shame it's not somewhere more public, because then I wouldn't even need to be with you. Because I'm not going to say anything particularly useful. You don't right. You were fucking good in the um, Kion Council thing. Also... You said some stuff that neither of us thought of. You were brilliant. You've insight beyond your years, and I don't pretend to know where you get it from, but it's come in useful more than once. Also, you're a better person than either of us. Yeah, Sorry, Thorzin, but, I... but it, it helps sometimes. A mm. lot. I think the main reason I need to be there, though, is because sometimes I want things to happen, and they do. Yeah. Certainly can't hurt. Also, you know, if everything's really fucked, we can just poof to Kion. Um, so It takes a minute! <laughs> oh, <laughs> and yeah, it tears no. a big hole! Oh, no, and was, anyone could get through. Yeah, I was getting your spells mixed up. Much. That does take a while. I mean, I can just get us onto the roof one at a time. It'll take me 18 seconds. <laughs> I still would put yeah. more money on that than, you know, being hounded for however many days on horseback it would take us to get there. Yeah. Of all the places we could be in the world, how have we ended up in a city with the Evangard and two of my siblings? Two of <laughs> my two siblings. I don't have more than two siblings. Ah. It does seem like, um... <laughs> Like he was saying, oddly, well, it's an odd coincidence, if nothing else. Bollocks is what it is. Yeah, well, I'm not that's particularly awful. A, uh, a big believer in fate because that's Fuck fate. It's not Fuck been my experience of the world. Fucking mountain that you have to climb up a certain way. <laughs> what if I want to go, you know, fucking backwards through a meadow? What if I don't want to climb a mountain? What if I want to, you know? Sing in a pub instead. Fuck Not off. Quite. <laughs> I mean, it was partially that sort of thinking that uh, led me to, well, to leave Barnacle Point when I did. Yeah. There were a yeah. lot of people who, um, after the Kraken hit, were perfectly happy to just try and pick up the pieces and rebuild their lives as best they can, like nothing had happened when most of it had been washed away yeah and yeah good on you I didn't want to just accept that I, oh, I'm glad you I did I wanted to do something about it I think I'd probably be dead if you hadn't and also everything would suck without the pair of you so oh, thank you yeah I, th- I don't know I think I'm just allergic to that type of thinking it was all about what the fucking gods wanted you to do all the time and what you weren't and weren't allowed to what what you were and weren't allowed to do and what you should be and where you should go and it's just it's just the same fucking thing but said nicely bullshit it does sound why did anyone ever think i could be a priest (laughs) because it was what was expected of you 
Because you could one, see stuff. Yeah, that's all you need. I mean, really. A lot of people who have whatever it is we have do enter the clergy, it is true, but not everybody does. Um, and it's. Everybody does I... in the Underdark. Ah. Well, that's how it works. If you're a drow that can see shit, priest, done. Alright, well, um, up here it's not quite so cut and dry, as I'm sure you've there noticed. There are less of us. But, um, but it's something that you're born with or you're not, so whatever that means. Mm. And it doesn't, as far as I know, it doesn't, like, follow any, uh, any pattern or, like, run in families, like, no, what colour eyes or hair you got. I tried to hide it for ages, because I knew they'd want me to be a fucking priest, but, uh, Quilena outed me. Great. Oh, bitch. Not surprised. It was because I was better at something than her. Mm. Well, yeah, we yeah. had to charm a person. And, um... My mother sort of put us against each other, and of course I was better at it because magic. <laughs> so... Mm. Yeah. So she decided to ruin my life in retaliation. Well, I think it's about time you got even then, isn't it? I would like to at least stop her having any influence. Well, that's a start. very nice. Yeah, it is. It's something. <sighs> we should probably go and get you some clothes, darling. Yes. All right, let's let's go and do that first. We Never we need to do that before we do anything else. Fancy before. It's a shame we can't get a portrait commissioned for Molly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sure, she'd be in shock. <sighs> You'll just have to. I shall write a song about it <laughs> and sing it to her when I next see her. <laughs> it shall be called Fancy Causing. Right. <laughs> a jaunty tune. <laughs> Causing a ghost slightly russet. Oh, I ruffle his hair. Have you seen Fancy Causing? I have no idea what the song will sound like. Alright, <laughs> uh, so that being said, you gather yourselves up, make your way out of the uh, out of the Mad Marquis, and prepare to make the last sets of preparations you're going to make before you begin negotiating the Treaty of Vendion. Don't you laugh when you say it. <laughs> yeah, you guys. You you're not allowed to giggle at that. <laughs> Sorry. It's getting into something unrelated. It's uh, a tense moment, okay? <laughs> uh, but as for what preparations you'll make, uh, well, what final preparations you make? You made plenty of preparations. This, David Bowie uh, negotiating the Treaty of Versailles. <laughs> I kind of love it, though. Metaphor. Just... <laughs> and of course, the negotiation itself. We will pick up there next time. In the meantime, thank you all very much for playing. Thank you all very much for listening. And farewell from all of us here at Flintlocks and Fireballs, Fair Seas, and Natural Twenties. We've crossed beyond the battle's end to treat the lion in her den. 
Though perfumes bought and swords repaired, no magic can help us prepare. So gather your muskets, gather your spears, we'll plunder the shores of Calcineer. No kraken storm or spell we fear, so come and sail with us, my dear.